This program is brought to you by the Genesis Communications Network, a world leader in talk radio since 1998. Visit GCNlive.com today. Here, here. Tech Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. So this week on the Tech Night Owl Live, we'll have John Martellaro of the Mac Observer. And a little bit later, we'll hear talk to tech journalist Rob Pegarero. And you see his stuff at USA Today and Yahoo Tech and other places. So it's going to be a really fascinating episode of the Tech Night Owl Live. So, John, welcome back to the show. Nice to be here. Time to crow. Time for me to crow. A little bit. You know, sometimes I'm right. You deserve it. Exactly. After all these years. So back in 2013, before OS X Mavericks came out, I said, Apple's going to make it free. That's because Mountain Lion the previous year was $19. I said, well, this is ridiculous. Just make it free. They did. Not that they listened to me, but that's what happened. Then we have Apple's meeting with several tech journalists this week at the Apple campus before everybody moves out. They had to have this meeting. And the preface to this is that people have grown more and more concerned about the fact that Apple made a huge deal in 2013 about this all-new Mac Pro, and that's been crickets. The product has not been changed. And we all wondered why. And then Tim Cook says something at an Apple shareholders meeting, I believe. It was quoted saying, Apple loves its professional users. So again, all right, if they love their professional users, what happened to the Mac Pro? Now, I figured here if Apple updates the Mac Pro, it's not going to be just a part swap, a refresh, because they could have done that already. Maybe they couldn't because of the design. I suggested Apple might do something that restores some of what they could do with the cheese grater Mac Pro, which would be internal expandability. More drives, maybe two processors again. What about more RAM slots? What about expansion cards? And of course, we assumed if such a model came out, it would be like the MacBook Pro with USB-C and Thunderbolt 3. So Apple would address two situations there, which would be internal expandability and the faster external ports. And then Apple has this meeting promising a new modular Mac Pro. That kind of, sort of, is like something I was suggesting they should do. Not that they're listening to me. Oh, I think you nailed it. Yeah. So what can you tell us here about this meeting that Apple had with some members of the press? Well, I'm sure everybody's read the news, and the the big guys were invited out. Uh, John Gruber, Matthew Panziano from TechCrunch, Lonzo Lanoff, and uh, and Ina Fried, and John Pasikowski. And we've all read the reports of what Phil Schiller and Craig Federici and uh, their Macintosh hardware leaders And it seems everything but an apology was offered. The word mistake was not used. But Phil Schiller spent a lot of time 
talking about how the 2013 Mac Pro kind of painted them into a technical and thermal corner. And its design was very cool. I'm talking to you on one. And a lot of people loved it, but it didn't meet the needs of most serious technical creative professionals. Apple imagined a future where you'd have parallel processing graphics cards. So they had two. But they said the market has gone towards a single all-powerful graphics card. Is that part of it? Well, you know, one, one of the graphics cards in the Mac Pro is not used for the display. It's in there basically for OpenCL. And that's the parallel processing API that Apple developed so that you could take advantage of parallel processing in the thousands of cores in those AMD Fire Pros. But I, I know one astrophysicist in, on the East Coast who's using that to great effect. But I haven't run across a lot of other people who are doing that. And that's how they got the 7 teraflop benchmark for that Mac Pro was OpenCL, where you're using the thousands of cores in the graphic card instead of the four cores and and the Xeon CPU. So I guess the base machine is about a a teraflop, maybe a little less. Um, So, you know, Apple had great hopes for that technology. I don't think it panned out the way they wanted it to. Um, and, and, And so... The, the, the gripe about the Mac Pro has been uh, basically a, a similar to what the gripe about the 2016 MacBook Pro with Touch Bar was. And that is they wanted more memory. They wanted uh, a faster computer, more upgradable, more RAM, um, and, and more, more, more punch that they could use directly rather than having to jump through special hoops. So, um, in other words, they want... A computer, a Mac Pro, similar to the cheese grater style. Yes, in fact. But they want something that was sexy and faster. Still being used. In the the article I wrote the other day, most important word Apple used in this Mac Pro announcement, that word is what you just used, and that's modular. And I put a schematic in there from January of 2013, before we knew what the Mac Pro was going to look like, uh, of basically a smaller cheese grater, more compact, um, still, you're still able to open it up, swap out memory and maybe the CPU and, and, and add cards to it. So Apple got all obsessed with um, aesthetics and style and coolness and didn't address the needs of those technical creative professionals who just want to connect a whole lot of storage and a whole lot of graphics power and be on their way working. So I expect this next machine, and everything Phil Schiller said in that meeting with the five journalists suggests that they're going to rethink um, and, and instead of forcing their concept down the throats of the users, they're going to rethink what it is the pro customers really need. We're in the process. We think it's really important to create some great computers for our pro customers who want a Mac Pro modular system. And that's going to take a year or so to do. That's a quote from Phil Schiller. Now that's a so good question here. Why? Would it take a year to do this? And how? And this is the question Apple would not answer. At what point did Apple wake up and say, you know what, we didn't do the right thing, this is a misfire? Because October. they kind of admitted that even if they didn't say, we go. I'll, I'll tell you exactly when they did it. They, 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 they woke up on October 28th and saw what Microsoft had done with the Microsoft Surface Studio and the uh, overt attempt by Microsoft and the continuing attempts by Hewlett-Packard to seize favor 
with the technical and creative professionals. I did a review of the uh, Hewlett Packard Z2 Mini, which is a pretty nice computer and in, almost in the Mac Pro class with all sorts of ports, USB-A, USB-C, Ethernet port, security slot, uh, easy opening top, um, you know, in the, in the legacy style of the, uh, as you said, the cheese creator, 2000, what, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 Mac Pros. That's what technical um, consumers and creative professionals really want. And my hope is that, I call it a new hope, is that uh, Apple will change its tune and really listen. And we were talking in the Mac Observer team meeting the other day about whether it would have, you know, say, eight USB-C ports. And I don't think so. I think even in 2018, where USB-C has reached great maturity, there are issues. You walk into a workplace... And then the IT manager says, oh, so you want to put your new Mac Pro on our network. Here's, here's an Ethernet cable. Plug it in. And you go, oh, well, no, I need an adapter. And they'll say, no, you're not authorized to do that. Things like that have happened in the past um, by IT managers who don't like to deal with Apple's peculiarities and, and things like that. So I think like the Z2 Mini, I think you're going to see more ports. You'll see an explicit Ethernet port, two dual port Ethernet. So you can plug it straight in. You'll have an audio port. You'll have maybe an explicit display port or two. I know you can go out through USB-C, but those can also be used for multiple displays. So maybe you want to connect four or six 4K displays to your new Mac Pro. So you can use a combination of a display port, which is simple and easy for a lot of displays that have uh, that connector, and uh, USB-C for your add-on displays. So I, I, my hope and my expectation from what Phyllis Schiller said, and I'm reading between the lines, is, is that they're off their high horse and they're going to make a machine that just delights us instead of makes us grumble. We're going to grumble in the next segment. We've got John Martellaro. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. <laughs> Neighbors, I want to tell you about my favorite Graphics app. It's the award-winning Graphic Converter. You know, Graphic Converter is the universal genius for photo editing on your Mac. Join over one and a half million loyal users for this Swiss Army Knife photo editing app. It gives you all you expect from a top-flight image editing app with tons of features. And most important, it's easy to use. It's also far less expensive than that other app that you can only get by subscription. You know, the one I'm talking about. What's more, you can get 20% off with your order right now. So write this down to learn about Graphic Converter. Go to www.lemkesoft.de slash gene. Let me spell that. www.lemkesoft.de slash gene. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation. 
rehabilitation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper, article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with reputationdefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit reputationdefender.com. You've heard the phrase, you are what you eat? Not true. Actually, you are what you can absorb. So if the vitamins and supplements you now take are not being absorbed, what good are they? Introducing Protovite, proprietary liquid system that allows premium quality nutrients to positively affect the blood in an astonishing five minutes. Watch our amazing two-minute live blood cell video at TrueHealthFacts.com. That's TrueHealthFacts.com. Then call 502-410-3411. Protovite is nutrition you can feel. Protovite is nutrition that gets in. Hi there, I'm Bob Eubanks. You know, as part of Hollywood for a long time, I've seen my fair share of celebrities get in trouble with the IRS. Well, there's one name I trust, the Tax Defense Group. They're the most trusted name in tax. So if you owe more than $10,000 to the IRS, you really need to call my friends at the Tax Defense Group. Ignoring the IRS is not the solution. They can garnish your paycheck, levy your bank accounts, seize your home or business. But the Tax Defense Group could put a stop to all of that and tailor a program that would reduce your tax debt to pennies on the dollar. you got to love that. So don't just take my word for it. Call them. Find out for yourself. They offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee. And they're open 24 hours a day because they know that tax debt doesn't sleep either. Call now for your free and confidential tax analysis from the most trusted name in tax. Call 800-361-6907. 800-361-6907. Do you know what's lurking in your water? More than 200 contaminants could be sitting there just waiting for your glass. With a ProPure water filter, start enjoying clean and great-tasting water today. ProPure filters, independently tested, latest water filter technology. ProPure systems do not require electricity and are easy to set up and easy to use. To find out more, visit your authorized ProPure dealer or ProPureUSA.com. That's P-R-O-P-U-R-U-S-A.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. We're going to grumble in the jungle. John Martellaro, Gene Steinberg. A reminder, if you want to support the Tech Night Owl Live, it's so simple to do. All you have to do is join Tech Night Owl Plus. Go to plus, P-L-U-S dot That's plus dot And we offer a commercial-free version of this show, better quality audio, for prices beginning at $1.49 a week. Our price, cheap, plus dot so we're talking here about what form and shape the next Mac Pro will contain. Now, Apple is chastened, and Apple realizes, even if it came to the realization rather late, that they misfired, and it's time to do something right. But evidently, from what we hear, it won't happen this year, which implies sometime next year. But I'm also wondering, maybe there's a chip 
upgrade in Intel's product roadmap that will help them for this? Is well, that also one of the I, impediments? Well, I haven't researched that yet, but I think Apple's making a mistake if they're tying themselves with, with fingers crossed to an Intel roadmap. I think they need to make the machine capable of being upgraded, capable of using the latest processor, and be done with it. And to say, you know, we're going to wait and wait and wait until the optimum time, that just lengthens the decision cycle. And, and we saw what happened with with that, with the Skylake processor. Well, the Apple point being waiting. here is Apple didn't say that. I'm just wondering, well, well, no, we're why does it sure. take this long? Why? Because I'm thinking oh, here, oh, does it take well, them? I know, I know. Well, it's because they only started in October? Yeah. yeah here's, here's my theory. All right. I'm sticking to it. Uh, Microsoft... Um, came out with that Surface Studio and took Apple by surprise and started, and, and even though their sales numbers are not anywhere near what Macintosh sales are, this device got everybody's attention and sent tremors through the Apple community. Meanwhile, Hewlett Packard has been working on their HP Z books and their Z workstations and their glorious displays, working their butts off trying to steal the creative professional market from Apple. So Apple looked around and they saw that they hadn't been paying attention. Maybe there was no hardware leader who had the authority to move forward with new designs, had to wait for the executive team to get around to the idea. Because there's all sorts of things going on. You know, there's Brexit and there's lawsuits and there's moving into Apple Park and there's the iPhone competition. And all the things that Apple is doing probably resulted in less than thorough executive team attention to the Mac Pro. And maybe they thought, well, the sales are not very good and this is not where the market's going. And and we've been heralding the iPad as the future, which maybe we'll get to in the rest of the, in the remainder of the show. And then all of a sudden, the whole Apple technical professional creative community, the government and engineers and universities came thundering down on Apple and said, look, you guys have screwed up. Give us a new headless computer so we can attach our own displays. Get with it or tell us what you're going to do. Don't just let this four-year-old Mac Pro sit in your stores connected to an already discontinued and obsolete display. It's another embarrassment. What are you going to do? Okay, and now so the I other think- thing that Apple did was to take the current model and cut the price considerably. What I mean is before, if you wanted to put in all the options, plus the keyboard and mouse would be somewhere in the mid-9,000s. Now it's in the low six thousands for the same configuration. I don't know if that's a fire sale, but obviously they're offering it for people who want it and don't want to wait. The other thing is here, we were under the impression that Apple was going to give up on displays and they're supporting mm, yes. this display from LG, what, what which has you know, kind of been a little troublesome. <laughs> they had some bugs yes. in it. It's also <laughs> ugly as sin. So Apple now is going to be doing a display. So we assume it's going to be a 5K display with all the bells and whistles. What Apple should have done originally will happen. Now, the other thing we were talking about here is having multiple 5K displays. I assume Apple is going to get a real, real, really powerful graphics processor in there so it could drive multiple displays. Well, HPZ2 Mini I referred to earlier is about the size of a big hard drive enclosure from the old days, and it weighs two pounds. It can drive six HD displays, or it can drive four 4K displays. So, so that would take, be what three or two 5K displays? I don't know if it can drive 5K, but it doesn't take much of a graphics chip 
these days to drive four or six 4K displays. That's not the problem. The problem is if you want to get into virtual reality and have a really, really serious VR system, then, then you need a, a graphics processor that basically has its own power supply and its own fan. <laughs> Sometimes they sit outside the PC even. I think Apple's going to go back to a bigger design, and I think the form is going to follow the function. They're not going to be worried so much about the aesthetics of it. One of the big complaints about the 2013 Mac Pro is it's so beautiful, and then you started plugging things into it, and you had a rat's nest of wires and, and the dongles and things connected to it. So, you know, I think Apple's going to go back to the idea of a pretty nice machine where you plug things in on the back and you don't have to have cables sticking out the side of your computer and destroying its looks. And I think it's going to be more more industrial and still have Apple's flair for, for a beautiful design. So this idea about the, the display, too, is interesting because... Uh, Apple's always been kind of arrogant about the display. You know, you, you you buy our display and you connect it to your Mac, to whatever the Mac is, if it's a Mac Pro. And we're going to provide all the USB cables and, uh, and our kind of display, mini display port, and so on, so on. So I think Apple's going to change their tune, too, on this display and uh, fix it so that it has lots of ports, HDMI and DisplayPort standard, and let you connect it however you want to whatever computer you want. I think uh, Apple needs to see how Hewlett Packard. I know how they're. I know they're watching Hewlett Packard, and I and I think they need to take a page from Hewlett Packard's book and say, "Hey, look, this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna we're gonna be sensible. If we're gonna sell one display, we have to make it widely accessible. We can't be arrogant and say, well, if you only buy a Mac Pro, then you can use this display. Uh, since it's the only display they're gonna sell, they should probably make it attractive and usable to anybody who wants to use a great big display, even if they're connecting it to a PC or a Linux box. That's my opinion. You'll stick with the point being here is because they didn't start till late last year. You can't have it all done by this fall. You assume it's going to be ready, say, by the summer of 2018 in time for the WWDC. At least it would be launched then. I think what happened was the executive team wasn't paying attention to the Mac product line. And things got out of hand and things drifted on and a decision couldn't be made and they didn't know what they wanted to do until this October 28th event from Microsoft. And then they suddenly decided, sat around the table and said, are we going to give up the technical and creative market? Are we going to give up our Halo Mac? Are we going to give up the prestige of having the coolest and fastest computer on the planet for professionals? Are we just going to give that up and become the phone company? And somebody said, no, that's our heritage. That's in our DNA. That's that's the way we make our name for ourselves and appeal to the influencers in the organizations. Because if you don't do that, then the influencers are going to walk around and say, well, Apple gave up on the technical computational and creative professionals. So all they do is make toys for consumers like phones. They're not toys, but, you know, it's easy to say things like that. Let's break here. More to come with John Martellaro. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Now Live. for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon you'll need a plan and place to survive. 
Forget bunkers. You're not a live underground gopher. You need survivalist camps. The ultimate fully functional off-the-grid mobile survival bug outhouse that's well-equipped and custom-built to outlast any other RV or trailer. Bold statement? You bet. See them now at survivalistcamps.com. That's survivalistcamps.com. Trust your family's survival to survivalistcamps.com. This is Dan Pillard. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. Hey, diabetics. Yeah, you. Got a spare hour to waste going to the pharmacy to get your insulin or other meds and supplies every month? I didn't think so. Me either. I've got life going on, which is why I use PillPack. PillPack is an amazing online pharmacy. They package up all my diabetic meds and testing supplies into daily doses and send it to me every month automatically. All I do is pay my normal copay. PillPack does the rest. I'm serious. This is a free service. They don't even charge for shipping. PillPack handles all the medical insurance stuff and even get what my doctors for my other prescriptions so I don't have to, which is good because that's the stuff I forget. But PillPack remembers everything. They even package up my daily vitamins so I remember to take them too. If you're diabetic, your meds and supplies are life and death, which means you need PillPack. Call right now for this free service. You may even qualify for $25 in free vitamins. 800-560-7310. That's 800-560-7310. Again, 800-560-7310. When a storm causes power loss for a whole day, it can seem endless. There's a new kind of storm brewing, one that could target our nation's power grid and turn off the power for not just days, but for months or longer. Veteran news anchor Ted Koppel's new book, Lights Out, details this exact scenario. And CENTCOM General Lloyd Austin says it's not a question of if, but when. That's why Americans are rushing to secure solar power generators to provide an endless supply of life-saving electricity without gas, fumes, or noise. And the Breakthrough Patriot Power Generator 1500 has it all. Portable and lightweight, providing up to 1500 continuous watts of clean, quiet, and free renewable solar power. If a blackout strikes, you'll have power for heat, lights, cell phones, and computers, and critical medical devices, all from the rechargeable solar power. Our first introduction sold out fast, and with high demand, we can't guarantee keeping the supply in stock. Stay protected with the power you need. The Patriot Power Generator 1500. Right now, enjoy our special easy pay option. Just go to blackout27.com. That's blackout27.com. Blackout27.com. Have you ever thought you'd like to flip houses but didn't know how or where to get the money? Are you ready to be your own boss so you can start living the good life? Hi, I'm Preston Neely. I used to be so broke. I had my electricity turned off nine times, but I figured out a way to quit my job and find financial freedom in real estate. For a limited time, I want to send you a free copy of my smash hit selling book, How to Get Rich in Real Estate. It shows you how to copy exactly what I did so you can make money from the comfort of your own home without even doing any manual labor. I've already given away 5,000 books and they're going fast. To get one before they're gone, call 1-800-958-6936. Listen, if you're sick and tired of stressing about money, this book could change your life. It's short, fun to read, easy to understand, and awesome. To find out how to get your free book while supplies last, call 1-800-958-6936. Call 1-800-958-6936. 1-800-958-6936. 
Live with Gene Steinberg. It's the Tech Night Owl. Because you never know what's going to happen next. So we know sometime, probably in 2018, there'll be a brand new Apple display, a brand new Mac Pro, answering the problems that people have, more power, more internal expansion, modular, something that they could upgrade on a regular basis, which means it's got to allow for easily swapping the chips and all that stuff. Okay, that's something that appears to be a given because they made a big deal of it. But you wrote an article, Seven Reasons for Apple to Discontinue the Mac Pro. Now, is that out of date now, or do you think this might have been their excuse had they decided not to go in this direction? Well, I I wrote that article for a reason. Uh, First of all, it was to satisfy myself that I thought I understood what Apple's worst possible case reasoning was. Two, it was kind of like uh, lighting a fire under Apple. So if, is this the way you guys really think? You know, do you, do you really think that you don't need a Halo machine? Do you really think that 1% of the Mac sales is so unimportant that you don't need to cater to the Mac market anymore? Do you really think that uh, you don't need to be in the enterprise anymore because you're so popular with the iPhone? Do you really think that mobility is so important that the desktop Macintosh is a, is a relic and can be left in the past? Do you really think you don't need to offer the very best desktops and displays anymore uh, for, uh, for, for people who are using your products in engineering and science and universities? So I kind of went through the list and kind of you know, made the case for Apple with tongue-in-cheek with the idea that you know, this, if this is how Apple thinks, this is what they'll do. And I, I finished the article by saying, of course, there are many more reasons to not let the Mac Pro line go extinct, but you know, that's a whole other article. So I, I was motivated to kind of get my head inside Apple and see, you know, if they're thinking this way, of course, that's what's going to happen. But Apple proved us all wrong uh, on April 4th by saying, well, you know, we were, we kind of made a mistake without saying they made a mistake. And they really just kind of did a make culpa and said, you know, we messed up with the Mac Pro. We painted ourselves into a corner with it, and we're going to fix that. And uh, that was refreshing. And, we, you know, another thing that was interesting to me was is that when Apple made that announcement through the five journalists, um, there should be great joy and, and happiness in the Apple community. But I still saw some articles where people went like, you know, Apple screwed up before. This is why they screwed up. And then they made this glorious announcement yesterday, but this is why they still screwed up. And they started beating a dead horse. And I didn't go along with that. I think we should be optimistic now and happy that Apple's back on track. And I think part of it was just the executive team being overwhelmed and and not having delegated the authority they needed to a a chief Mac honcho to say, well, this is what I'm going to do. I'm smart enough and good enough to integrate this hardware into the rest of the Apple product line. You don't need to supervise me every 30 seconds. And I'm going to go off and I'm going to build the greatest and coolest Mac. Just let me run with it. And they didn't have a VP who was able to do that. Well, regardless, we'll see what happens. The other thing, of course, is that other prediction I had made that Apple might consider kind of a, I called it an iMac Pro. And what I meant was you add features to the iMac that are capable within the existing structure, which is, for example, Intel has an 8-core core i7 chip. 
I don't know how good it performs, but with eight cores, conceivably, some of the demands of a Mac Pro could be met with an iMac. More powerful graphics. And of course, you have a Fusion drive, which is two drives, a regular hard drive and an SSD. Why not offer two SSDs? It'll cost a lot, but you add two SSDs, more powerful graphics, eight-core processor. I think the Fusion drive is dead. You think? Yeah, I think. As far as I know, it doesn't work with APFS. That might be fixed later. I'm assuming uh, it will work because there are too many machines out there with Fusion drives, and they want to make them compatible. So I'm assuming they'll figure that out. I don't think they're going to abandon people who bought Fusion drives. So I, I bought my first Mac with an SSD in 2010. I paid a bit of a premium for an iMac with a 256 SSD in 2010. I haven't looked back. And I, I haven't had a Mac that booted from a hard disk since then. And I thought I always thought the Fusion Drive was sort of a, an odd device that was a temporary solution and it's going to go away as soon as SSD prices come down. Well, you know, the thing to bear in mind here is that the upgrade price for a terabyte SSD on the Mac Pro, which is an industrial-grade SSD, is down to $540. So I see that happening with Apple. Mm -hmm. And that's why I suggest. I still think, however, that the problems with the Apple file system, number one, file encryption, you know, it doesn't support the encryption using Mac OS, using the startup drive, obviously, and Fusion Drive, you know, I'm sure they'll have that taken care of probably by this fall. But I agree with you that eventually, another year or two, there will be no more Fusion Drives. It is a temporary measure. I have a Fusion Drive on my iMac, and I'm glad I do because I could not possibly afford an SSD now. But imagine an iMac offered, say, this fall, two two terabyte SSDs. It's going to be the $5,000 iMac, but, you know, Apple could do that And I think they agree they could pick up a reasonable number of Mac Pro customers that way. And one of the things that I thought was interesting about that Hewlett Packard Z2 Mini they sent me was that they had Windows 10 on a 256 gigabyte SSD that you booted from, but all your accounts and and user data were on a terabyte hard disk. That was a cool combination because it kept the price down, it kept the operating system isolated, you had your recovery partition and the full boot partition on the SSE, and if you needed to wipe out the operating system and reinstall it, your data wasn't at risk. You can do that with a Mac, but it's just a, it seems to me it's a more elegant solution. Mac OS has never been really, really good at having the administrator account residing on someplace else than the boot drive. can be done, I think, but it's hard. That's an aside, sorry. Return from subroutine. <laughs> I think the Fusion Drive works pretty well, and I think at this point... It'll still be the cost-effective method until, as you say, SSDs are down in price, maybe another year or two, and they will go away. But the concept of a professional iMac, which already is a professional machine with a 5K display. The problem, Gene, is is that some professionals don't want to use the display that comes in the iMac. They want to have their own display. They have their own technical preferences. I said some people. And I assume the next iMac will drive a couple of external 5K displays. I understand people want a headless computer, but the subset of users who doesn't need that and would work well with a souped-up iMac, more powerful iMac, that grabs a set of customers right there. 
It gives it more possibilities right. for people. But there will be some, as you say, who need the ultimate in power. They want a headless computer and choose whatever display they want. And that's Apple already saying they're going to do it. But I just happened to mention the possibility of a professional iMac, and Apple is going to do one this year, probably yep. this yeah. fall. So there you yep. go. Now, that's more for a person like me. I don't need the headless computer. Some people think I'm already headless, but we didn't want to get into that. <laughs> I like the Hewlett Packard display so much that um, I was getting a little bit antsy. If my Mac Pro were to die, it's still for a couple months it's under Apple Care. But if it were to die and Apple there was no roadmap forward for a headless Mac Pro, I was thinking I was gonna have to buy a 2016 MacBook Pro with touch bar with a Skylake processor. Oh my god, cope, cope. And attach uh, my Hewlett Packard display as an external monitor. And I really wasn't looking forward to that. So I'm happy. The, the announcement on April 4th made me very happy. Well, the thing that Apple's telling us is there will be no Mac announcements till fall, probably. Maybe there'll be a MacBook refresh. But don't expect much. This is also buying Apple time. In addition to being able to get rid of existing stocks of Mac Pros, or maybe sell a few more, this buys them time. And it says, hey, Apple's going to upgrade Macs, but don't expect much till the end of the year. And that was also a part of the announcement. I want to ask you something else. From another Apple product in the moment with John Martellaro of the Mac Observer, I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Sick and tired of being sick and tired? Family Health and Education Resources wants to help you achieve and maintain good health naturally. Overcome lifestyle diseases with nutrition and natural remedies. Addiction recovery designed to build habits that heal rather than hurt. Communication and relationship building to strengthen family units. Character building and devotional resources for the whole family. We are on a mission to save America one family at a time. Visit NewEnglandFHER.com today. NewEnglandFHER.com Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. 
A lot can happen in six seconds. A rodeo ride, a dramatic basketball win, and the world record holder can solve a Rubik's Cube. Six seconds is how long it takes for an 18-wheeler traveling at a safe speed to come to a complete stop. And in those six seconds, that truck will travel the length of two football fields. So please, give them room. Never cut in front of a large truck for any reason. Our roads, our responsibility. Learn more at sharetheroadsafely.gov. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com, and use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and sling bows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow, a new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. So, we mentioned one other product that Apple has that we should talk about now, the iPad. Now, the iPad there were rumors that there would be a new <clears throat> version with an edge-to-edge screen, which haven't come to pass yet. The 10.5-inch version. Right, a 10.5-inch model. A new 12.9-inch version, but what about the 9.7 iPad Pro? Well, Apple well, did something which is, I guess, to serve two markets. And you can correct me if I'm wrong here. They came out with a low-cost 9.7-inch version in the iPad Air case with more powerful innards. And this would serve people who have old iMacs and want to upgrade, don't want to spend a lot of money. Here's a cheap upgrade path. And the educational market, where more and more school systems are buying Chromebooks because they're cheap. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It didn't cost a lot for Apple to upgrade the 9.7-inch classic iPad, which is basically, from what I understand, an iPad Air with an upgraded processor. And $329 is pretty sweet. I'm concerned, though, what's going to happen to the iPad mini? Does the iPhone Plus kill it completely? I think it does. I, I think my theory, and I, I'm, I could be wrong, I'm, I'm often wrong, but my working theory in the article was that, remember when Steve Jobs first came out and said 
but we're not going to do a seven inch display. It's too small. You can't touch it right. You can't read it right. And then the competitors saw an opening and started coming out with seven inch tablets and, and people liked them. There were things like the Kindle Fire tablets and, and some other small seven inch tablets from Google. But the problem was is that Apple designed iOS so well that it scaled down to the 7.9 inch display. And so it was probably the only 7.9 inch tablet that was easy to use, easy to touch, easy to read. Now there's a big point that Phil Schiller made when the iPad mini came out, he pointed out how it had so much more screen real estate than a seven inch tablet, partly because it used standard aspect ratio, not widescreen. So it wasn't so narrow when viewed horizontally. Yeah, to, to be sure, to be sure. But I think what happened along the way was, is that as the Android customer base started getting larger and larger displays, the tablets, um, and the implementation of Android on a 7-inch display was a little bit awkward, that the market for 7-inch tablets kind of fell off. And even though Apple was selling a goodly number of iPad minis, it was probably getting harder and harder for them to buy 7-inch displays in the quality that they wanted because the rest of the market had moved on. And Apple itself recognized that people were using the larger displays, the 5.5 and, and maybe even a 5.8-inch um, OLED display that we've, we've heard uh, might be coming out in, in October and November. So the question is, if you've got a 5.5 or 5.8-inch phone, do you really need a 7-inch iPad mini and a 9.7-inch iPad or a 12-inch? Probably not. And so I surmise that uh, because of the, the OEM supplies of the 7-inch panels and because Apple recognizing its customer interests and, and larger phone displays, that it really isn't worth going ahead with an iPad mini 5. And we haven't had an update to the iPad mini in quite a while. When was the iPad mini 4 released? Wasn't it September of 15? And that was just a minor upgrade. So um, I didn't really see a future for the iPad mini. It was introduced on September 9th, 2015. Yeah, it's a great little device to carry around uh, uh, in, a, in a purse or a small backpack. It's a great thing to, to throw in your, in your briefcase for um, you know, the dentist's office or um, a, uh, something to read during a meeting where you don't want to have a giant iPad sitting in front of you. But um, could be everybody who's ever wanted an iPad mini has bought one, and they're going to last for years, and there's no point in carrying the line forward. So that's my theory. I could be wrong. I read that Apple sold about $4 million of them. Um, when was it? The last quarter. So they're selling well. Well, then there's no reason to discontinue it, but maybe there's no real incentive to update it. Or maybe that time that comes when the other iPads will be updated, there'll be an iPad Mini 5 with some faster parts. Who knows? Yeah, that could be they're waiting for a gateway for another technology before they move ahead. Who knows? There's an article you wrote. All right. Some people think that Apple is too controlling anyway. So you wrote here, and this is the headline, soon you will be told <laughs> what to think about Apple. Speak for yourself, my friend. This all started 
because Google Home put an ad into its Google Assistant a while back. This article was written March 17th, so it was probably around early March that customers who had Google Home woke up in morning, one morning and they asked for their morning report. What's my schedule look like? What's the weather look like? And then all of a sudden there was a unsolicited, unrequested ad for a uh, movie, Beauty and the Beast, kind of stuck in there in the artificial assistant. Uh, the Google Assistant was uh, was adding that in by Google Design, and people got all uptight about that because this perception, this sort of cultural meme is, is that this artificial intelligence agent is supposed to serve you, and it's not supposed to take advantage of the trust that you've put in it and the attention that you give it. So right away, I think Google realized that was a mistake. But I don't think it's the last mistake that um, people who make artificial intelligent agents are going to make. I think uh, there's so much opportunity for using artificial intelligent agents in investment advice and for purchasing advice um, that, uh, that one day we're going to find that People just like just like the recent incidents with fake news, people are going to put their trust in these devices, and that trust is very likely to be abused. It's just there's too much financial incentive not to. And so, if you were to um, wake up in the morning and ask your artificial intelligence agent, "Well, what's a good movie to see today?" The agent is not going to be using Netflix like customer feedback or deep personal understanding of your preferences and your background, but rather the company that paid the highest amount of money to suggest that you should watch this particular movie. And I think there's, there's too much opportunity for mischief there. And the fact that these artificial intelligent agents, which we always envisioned would be local, like robots or you know isolated on a desk, the fact that they're on the network and that they come from a, a giant server farm means that there's too much opportunity for the AI agents to be serving masters other than than the uh, customer itself. And so I hypothesize that um, once people start, and we've seen this evolving, you know, it used to be if you wanted to find a good restaurant, you talk to friends or use personal experience or whatever, and, and, and now you go to apps, and apps make these recommendations based on reviews from other people, suggestions, other people's re personal reactions, and maybe paid advertisements. And, and so every time I turn around, I see apps that are providing, providing as decision assistance when you should be making the decision yourself based on your own intelligence and awareness and analysis ability. So how much worse is it going to get when people start appealing to AI agents on what bank they should choose or what investment they should make or what movie they should see. And I think we're going to fall prey to a situation where one day there's going to be a whole lot of articles written about how nobody makes their own decisions anymore without an AI agent to counsel them. And as soon as that happens, too much mischief is going to be happening, in, 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 including articles written by AI agents who tell you, you know, how you should, should be thinking about your congressman or how you should be thinking about Apple and how people are going to distinguish truth, objective reality from the counsel of these AI agents is going to be a, the, the trick of the next decade. Of course, with fake news, you've already gone there that you have 
Well, that was because you had made bad decision about what you thought was an authoritative source. Well, that's true also. But if you flood the Internet with stuff and during the times when Google wasn't really careful about that, and I wonder if they still aren't careful, or Facebook, people would see stuff that is being repeated over and over again. So if it's from all these sources, my Mm -hmm. heavens, Mm -hmm. it must be true. We've got more truth. From John Martellaro of the Mac Observer, I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. It's called the Deep State. Barack Obama's most loyal aides still hold office, and they want to stop President Trump. Deep State was first revealed in the runaway New York Times bestseller, Big Agenda. David Horowitz's Big Agenda exposes Obama's government in exile and his shocking plan. Newsmax, Lou Dobbs, and Coulter all say you must read Big Agenda at bookstores everywhere, or check out our free offer. Call 800-NEWSMAX, 800-NEWSMAX, or go to BigAgenda411.com. That's BigAgenda411.com. By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blockit Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So we move on. Apple telling us what to think. Keeping us in the walled garden, making us feel happy. Let's move on to subjects here. All right. Since we have to have numbers, let's have a list. A listicle of eight very good things that John (laughs) likes about his Apple Watch. Now, let me tell you, before we get on with Apple Watches, I have a watch here made by some kind of supplier for Walmart. I've had over two years. It cost me $12.88. It's on second battery. And still works. And still keeps reasonably good time. 
So give me the eight reasons. I don't know that it's going to make a difference. Yeah, I've been wearing an Apple Watch now for just under two years. I think mine arrived May 15th, 2015, and it has changed my life. I can't imagine going back to my old Swiss Army watch, a dumb watch anymore. And I've come to really depend on my Apple Watch in so many ways. And I see these articles from people still today, and that's what triggered me writing this. Because I just recently saw an article from a fellow who said, well, you know, I bought an Apple Watch to check it out. I was disgusted. I put it in a drawer. And I'm going, well, you know, he didn't really know how to properly exploit the Apple Watch and how it draws from your, your iPhone. Um, and there's one thing, though. If you keep it less than 30 days or 15 days, if you don't like it, return it. Well, I don't know what his uh, situation was with that, but I've seen so many articles from people who didn't seem to be able to get their head around what the Apple Watch could do for you. Maybe it was because of their technical perspectives or their lifestyle. As a writer, you know, I've developed this goal of having so many daily steps, and I can, in an instant, I can look at my watch and figure out if I've met my goal. So that's critical for me because I sit too much and, and write too much. The second thing is is that my Apple Watch is connected to my iPhone's calendar so that it always shows me my next event. And right there in the middle of my modular face is what's coming up next so I never miss an appointment like today to record with you. So knowing what's next up in your calendar and keeping your calendar up to date is a powerful combination uh, with a glance you know which, which you're going to be doing next the third one is apple pay i love apple pay on my watch i am annoyed having to at the checkout counter you know fish my phone out of my side pack i carry around a merce and have to fish out the phone and you know get it touching the uh, point of sale terminal when in fact my watch is already connected to my phone through bluetooth all I have to do is double-click the side button, reach my hand over, doink, and I'm paid. And it's just a, I, I, two years later, I'm still giddy at the experience of going to, to Sprouts or Whole Foods or Walgreens or whoever takes uh, Apple Pay on my neighborhood to be able to do that. So those are really three critical things to me. Another thing that I didn't think I would use as often as I do is a countdown timer. It seems like in the in the pace of my life, there's always something going on, whether it's an oven preheating, or there's a meal in, in the oven, and, or I'm uh, trying to do a countdown to a, my next podcast, or I'm, I want to take a nap, but I want to make sure I don't sleep too long, so I set a countdown timer to wake me up. That countdown timer is so easy to use, and it's, it's so friendly, and I use it so much more often because it's such a joy to use. The other thing is, is that, um, you know, of course, keep track of your heartbeat. And uh, that has saved people's eyes. Even um, one of our own authors um, got a heads up when he was having a problem with his heart by watching his Apple Watch heartbeat. So that, that can be very helpful. Every time I take an outdoor walk, I use the workout app. I keep it in my dock and I say, okay, the little green rectangle, I'm going for an outdoor walk. And while I'm walking, it shows me the time I've walked, calories I've burned, shows me my heartbeat, shows me the miles I've walked, and then it logs it back to my uh, health app on my watch for further inspection later on. Another one is, is phone calls. I can't tell you how many times I've been out of reach of my phone for some reason. It's in another room. It's uh, on the charger in my office, and I'm, I'm away from my office, and um, my Apple Watch rings, and I'm able to answer an important call and talk to somebody. 
until I can get over to the phone and pick it up and carry on the conversation there. So those are some of the things that I, I really like. Uh, two of my interests are weather and astronomy, and I like to keep track of sunset time um, just because, uh, you know, in the springtime, you're, you're used to the idea of when the sun goes down, you stop working at dinner. <laughs> in the spring, the sun stays up later and later, and uh, you work right, at, right, right through to sunset, and you, and you forget that it gets really late. So it's nice to know what time sunset is and keep track of that. And uh, it's nice to keep track of the weather on my watch if I need a quick glance, too. So, so those are the eight things that um, my watch does for me. And I, I can't imagine living without those functions and, and going back to a, you know, a, a dumb watch anymore. I think it's a fabulous device if you, once you learn to exploit it and you have a mind to use it in the ways it was attended, it can do so much for you. And so I'm just amazed that people who... who don't appreciate the virtues of the Apple Watch. Now, the things to bear in mind about Apple Watch. Number one, sales apparently went up this past quarter, the holiday quarter, although Apple wasn't specific about the number. The second thing is Fitbit had problems. And Fitbit, you think, is the number one competition, although it's wearables, not necessarily watches, although they do make watches. This is one of those things here where things are kind of crazy, where with the Fitbit... It's semi in the category of the Apple Watch, but Fitbit had problems. Their sales were down, they're laying off people. They bought two companies, including Pebble, and that didn't help them very much. So what's your say about that? I think they're sort of interim technology companies, companies that didn't have the vast development expertise and integration expertise, didn't have a corresponding phone to draw from and kept their prices down and appealed to um, certain customers who wanted to do just one specific thing, monitor their sleep or, or do some other exercise or share their results with friends. And, you know, you can get in for a, a low price and, and uh, you kind of feel like you're doing something interesting, but it, it doesn't have the full scope of what Apple can offer with the iPhone. So, you know, sort of like the early days of the iPad when the, when the first tablets came out and they were kind of sorry and didn't do very much. And some of one of them, I forget, well, the one from um, what was that? What was that first tablet from? Um, oh, I can't remember the name of the company, but um, it didn't have email, and they shipped it anyway. Yeah, so I think these companies are going to be gone from the face of the earth in a few years. And, Apple's kind of boiling everybody else's frog by keeping these numbers quiet so they don't really know how they've been outmaneuvered and outcompeted. And one of these days when Apple's the last man standing, <laughs> they'll, they'll start announcing the, the uh, Apple Watch sales. So does Apple Watch 3 have a cellular radio? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I've heard that rumor. Should it have um, one? Does it need one? Well, the holy grail of the Apple Watch is to eventually divorce it from the phone so that even people who don't have an iPhone can buy an Apple Watch and get full functionality out of it, or at least major functionality. So um, I suppose it would be nice to have that, but then there's the engineering aspects of the battery power. You talk for a little bit on an Apple Watch, 
until I was able to get back to my phone and continue the conversation there. That's helped me out tremendously several times, and I really enjoy that capability. I don't understand why people don't use that more, talk about it more, brag about it more. It's fantastic. So it should have a cellular radio if it's possible. Of course, the issue here is, will Apple be able to get the kind of hardware they can stuff into that tiny watch and get all these extra features? And whether customers will be even willing to pay for them? Hmm. Would I pay for an Apple Watch with a built-in phone? Well, um, not this year. We've got more to come. With John Martellaro of the Mac Observer at MacObserver.com, we're still talking somewhat about the Apple Watch and all the really, really spectacular good things about it. More to come on the Tech Night Out Live. (laughs) Neighbors, I want to tell you about my favorite graphics app. It's the award-winning Graphic Converter. You know, Graphic Converter is the universal genius for photo editing on your Mac. Join over one and a half million loyal users for this Swiss Army Knife photo editing app. It gives you all you expect from a top-flight image editing app with tons of features. And most important, it's easy to use. It's also far less expensive than that other app that you can only get by subscription. You know, the one I'm talking about. What's more, you can get 20% off with your order right now. So write this down to learn about Graphic Converter. Go to www.lemkesoft.de slash gene. Let me spell that. www.lemkesoft.de slash gene. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation. Analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. Imagine what it's like to be active your whole life and then find out you're going blind. I have age-related macular degeneration, or AMD. As a wife, mother, and grandmother, my sight is precious to me, so I was relieved to find that treatments for some forms of AMD are available, and research for additional treatments is underway. Call the Foundation Fighting Blindness today at 1-800-BLINDNESS for a free packet on reversing or managing AMD, or go to the website fightblindness.org, where I found so much helpful information. Call 1-800-BLINDNESS today. Are you happy washing your hands with harsh chemicals? Are you happy doing laundry with detergents? Are you happy paying high prices? Find your happiness with Pure Soap. These all-natural, earth-friendly Pure Soaps are the very best you've ever used. Buy in bulk. 
Get a 12, 36, or 48-month supply. Or get items individually and still save big. You're getting soap products twice as good as what you're using now. Earth-friendly and natural soaps. Your family deserves the best. Happiness is 5starsoap.com. Why not put your money up the drain for a change? See them at 5starsoap.com or call 1-800-340-7091 for a catalog. Cal Ben Soap Company can save you thousands of dollars and give you good old-fashioned real soaps that are triple concentrated. Soaps made from vegetable and coconut oils. See their full selection of soaps at 5starsoap.com. That's F-I-V-E starsoap.com. Or call 1-800-340-7091 for a catalog. We all have heard about the benefits of fish oils, but what about the presence of heavy metals, PCBs, dioxins, furans, and other contaminants found in fatty tissues of fish? GCNteam.com recognizes this risk and offers IFOS certified tested omega-3 fatty acids. EPA, DHA, insist on IFOS omega-3 fatty acid certification. Get the best at GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. We've got John Martellaro of the Mac Observer for a final segment. A little bit later, we'll hear from Rob Peguerero. He's with Yahoo and with USAToday.com. And we were talking here about the Apple Watch and whether Apple is going to stick a cellular radio in there, which would create you know, a large amount of independence from your iPhone, which is possibly one of the bigger weaknesses of the product. That you got to keep that phone handy or you lose a lot of the functionality. So yeah, do you think it's going to happen this time or what? There's two conflicting engineering aspects here. Part of it is where, you know, the battery technology is advancing maybe 6 to 8% a year. And uh, Apple's probably not going to make the Apple Watch a whole lot thinner. So the temptation is to you know, divorce it from the phone and make it a standalone product by having its own cell phone radio in there. But I suspect that that's going to really hurt battery life because what's going to happen is people being people, they're going to start making their calls on their watch and they're going to find out that their battery dissipates rapidly because that little watch has got to you know talk to a cell tower miles away and it's going to be punching out the watts. And that's the quickest way to kill your battery. So uh, I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. The, as you said, the holy grail is to have an Apple Watch that it doesn't, it doesn't require being paired to an iPhone. So that anybody who wants an Apple Watch can go buy one, and that opens up the market quite a bit. But my engineering gut says that we're not ready to do that. And if Apple does put a cellular radio in the Apple Watch, it'll be in under controlled circumstances that you'll be able to do it only for you know receiving calls from people in your friends list or, or some other sort of restriction that keeps you just from going wild. So that's, that's what I would expect. All right. I kind of think, too, that we're going to definitely see a cellular version if they can get decent battery life out of it. And that's the key. That's the key. Will it happen with the third generation? I don't know. I assume it's being developed. I assume it's possible one of the competition will offer it, 
but then they'll have to explain why they have four hours battery life or something. <laughs> I've noticed that uh, my original watch OS 1.0 was very conservative, and I was putting it on the charger at night with 60-70% battery life remaining. Now with watchOS 3.2, about one day in four or one day in five, I go into power reserve mode in the early evening. So um, Apple's learned a lot and tuned the uh, watch OS to be able to do things more and still not run you out of gas at night. But occasionally it happens to me. And so if you've got a situation where you're running out of juice in the early evening, I don't think Apple's ready yet to put any more stress on the on the batteries is it possible they'll put more stuff in the bands of these watches the problem with that is you suddenly limit what a person's options might be i thought i saw an ad for a oh no it was a patent i I think at the mac observer we wrote a, a story about a patent where apple had developed a apple custom band that had a battery built in but you're right uh as soon as if you're a kind of person who likes to change bands often that's not going to work because you're tied to the Apple band. But if you like Apple's band with a battery in it, that could be a great solution. And that might be a gateway to the cellular radio you were talking about. I don't know what the limits are in that. But then remember, Apple was late to LTE because the cellular radios that supported LTE gave you lousy battery life. Oh, yeah, that's right. So there you go. Anyway, I'm not sold dead on the Apple Watch, but maybe I will be someday when you have a little watch you can see a picture of the person you're talking to <laughs> and I'll tell you, it really grows on you they'll grow on you unless you don't want your picture seen dick tracyville that's right calling dick tracy calling dick tracy i think they started doing that back in the 1930s now there's and- some people who, some people who say that the uh, apple iPhone will evolve to the point where it'll disappear and everything will be in your watch. I do not believe that. I believe that you'll have a device in your pocket that's connected to various wearable devices, maybe a um, Bluetooth earpiece in your watch. And this central processing unit with the battery will provide data to to all your wearables and your sensors. Um, But packing everything the iPhone can do into a watch uh, as Bach would say, doesn't provide the right energy profile. There's just, there's just no way to cram 1,600 milliwatt hours of battery life into a watch. But even the technology goes to a place where you can't, or you reduce the needs for the battery. Sure, People still sure. need a screen. You still want right. a display for a lot of purposes. You may be able to do a lot of things with a tiny watch face. But you're still going to want the five or five and a half inch screen or something. And therefore, you will need a product that fills that demand. That's right. Unless it comes directly into your head or something. The oh, internal nice. Google you know, I, Glass. I, I have written about a device that uh, uh, radiates in, uh, with coded uh, transmission into the optic nerve of your brain and superimposes on your visual field information you need to then that way you at that way you can get rid of the iphone's display and everything's just floating in space in front of you that's technically possible i think it'll it'll be around soon maybe give it five or eight years and we'll be wearing a little a widget on our head that that um, radiates into the brain's optics nerves and makes us see what we're supposed to see 
In the meantime, I don't know, though, about having an iPhone that can dock with a large display like Samsung is doing with their Galaxy S8. Well, partly because Android apps are not optimized for larger screens. Yeah, I think that's sort of a boondoggle. I think it's one of those things that just people dreamed up. And some some vice president walked into the office one day and he said, "Well, you know, the future is mobility. So the thing to do is when you're out and about, you look at your smartphone's display, and when you're in the house, you plug it into a big display. That's the future. No, it's not. No, it might be someday if it could be done right. But then it would be like it would automatically update." your system to the desktop operating system. It's like having a Mac and an iPhone. And you can't do it now, but five years from now? Hmm. Yeah, if they can... Well, we, we've seen how Apple is moving with macOS and iOS towards intelligent sharing with AirDrop and, and, and continuity and having the two devices intelligently talk to each other. Each does the thing that it knows how to do the best. Your desktop is plugged into AC power and it has great capability. Your phone is running off a battery, and so it has lesser capability. Your watch has even tinier battery, and so it has a subset of things to do. There's an elegant uh, way to optimize the workload of all those devices. And to think that you can put your entire life uh, with no time machine backup and, uh, and, and no serious capabilities uh, and just live on your phone um, is, is a pie-in-the-sky approach. I mean, for some people, it might work. Well, in the 23rd century, maybe. John, please tell our listeners where we can find more of the stuff you do. Oh, I'm a senior writer at the Mac Observer, www.macobserver, one word, dot com. Come see us. John Martellaro, thanks for joining us in the Tech Night Out Live. You're very welcome. See you next time. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. You've heard the phrase, you are what you eat? Not true. Actually, you are what you can absorb. So if the vitamins and supplements you now take are not being absorbed, what good are they? Introducing Protovite, proprietary liquid system that allows premium quality nutrients to positively affect the blood in an astonishing five minutes. Watch our amazing two-minute live blood cell video at TrueHealthFacts.com. That's TrueHealthFacts.com. Then call 502-410-3411. Protovite is nutrition you can feel. Protovite is nutrition that gets in. You may own a knife, but if it's not an indie hammered knife, it's not a knife. From the forge to the grinder to the sheath, each indie hammered knife is handcrafted using God-given talent. The result is the sharpest edge a knife can have and a true work of art. See a variety of knives and the complete knife kit at ihknives.com. Indie hammered knives, custom knives made in America. Warning, if you're drowning in debt you can't afford, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to pay it all back, because you don't. What the credit card companies don't want you to know is that there's actually a way to get debt-free without paying off your entire debt or going bankrupt. If you have $5,000 or more in credit card debt, you now have the right to settle that debt for a fraction of what you owe. For free information, call Credit Associates now. 1-800-958-9659. We'll even show you how much money you could save. If you can't afford to pay off all your debt, 
Do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to. Call Credit Associates now for free information on how to get debt-free faster than you ever thought possible without debt consolidation or bankruptcy. We depend on your success and offer a guarantee, so there's no risk. For free information, call now. 1-800-958-9659. That's 1-800-958-9659. 1-800-958-9659. Have you racked up more than $10,000 in credit card debt? Are you barely getting by, making minimum payments? You should know. The credit card companies are tricking you into thinking there's no way out. Credit card companies would rather you didn't know that there are ways you can become debt-free and you don't have to pay the entire amount you owe. There are debt relief programs that help people like you escape overwhelming credit card debt. National Debt Relief has helped tens of thousands of people just like you reduce more than $500 million of debt. National Debt Relief has helped so many people, they're A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau. You don't have to declare bankruptcy or take out a consolidation loan. You have the right to settle your debt for a mere fraction of what you owe. Reduce a large portion of your debt now. Call National Debt Relief at 800-314-7417. 800-314-7417. That's 800-314-7417. Hey, diabetics. Yeah, you. Got a spare hour to waste going to the pharmacy to get your insulin or other meds and supplies every month? I didn't think so. Me either. I've got life going on, which is why I use PillPack. PillPack is an amazing online pharmacy. They package up all my diabetic meds and testing supplies into daily doses and send it to me every month automatically. All I do is pay my normal copay. PillPack does the rest. I'm serious. This is a free service. They don't even charge for shipping. PillPack handles all the medical insurance stuff and even get with my doctors for my other prescriptions so I don't have to, which is good because that's the stuff I forget. But PillPack remembers everything. They even package up my daily vitamins so I remember to take them too. If you you're diabetic. Your meds and supplies are life and death, which means you need pill pack. Call right now for this free service. You may even qualify for $25 in free vitamins. 800-560-7310. That's 800-560-7310. Again, 800-560-7310. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. I told Rob Pegarero the fact that he likes cucumber sandwiches with cream cheese does not bother me in the least because I understand that a lot of people do like them. It's just that I would prefer a bagel and cream cheese. Right. Well, I can bake bread myself. I've tried making bagels. It's it's more work. It just doesn't scale as well. And yeah, it's a, it's a good tasty uh, if you want to have a little break from the usual cold cuts. That's what I'll do sometimes. Well, the question is, can you even get good bagels in and around Washington, D.C.? Uh, you can, in fact. There's a very good place not far from me. There, there was another pop-up shop I went to a couple of times in Alexandria. And there's a couple of places in Northwest D.C. I have not been to because I would be going right by this bagel shop in my neighborhood. Well, That's isn't it nice the, to have a bagel shop in your neighborhood? What right. we get here is we have a fry supermarket, part of the Kroger chain, and they carry bagels from Chompy's, which is the fake Jewish deli chain. Mm. The reason I say fake is, yes, the family that owns it, the Borensteins, did come from New York, but they've 
homogenized and pasteurized and kind of distilled it down to some, be something with a few Southwestern touches. And so it's somewhat removed from the real thing, but it's about as close as you get out here. Uh, yeah, general rule, any bagel you get you know, in a supermarket is, and it's not a bodega in New York. It's just not going to be the real thing. Well, it's a Chompy's bagel. So as I say, it's semi-real. Anyway, so Apple summons a handful of specially selected journalists to Cupertino to let loose on their plans, future plans for Macs. Now, we've mentioned some of this stuff already in the previous segment with a gentleman from the Mac Observer. The point here, though, is not Apple's selection of such a small number of journalists the fact that Apple felt the need to do that, that its messaging yep. to the Mac community has really not been very good. Yeah, part of Apple died for that meeting to happen because <laughs> that's their whole doctrine has been we do not comment on unannounced products. And for them to have the, these five handpicked journalists show up and, and them to say, this is what we're going to do. It's going to take a while, but here's what's going on. I guess in this case, they're not exactly risking cannibalizing sales of the existing product because the the Mac Pro is like three and a half years old. So people will only buy one now if they're desperately in need of it. In that case, they're not going to wait another year anyways. Uh, And, you know, the iMac itself is not too new either. But, yes, they they recognize that hand-waving and and vague, we love the desktop statements, we're not going to cut it. Now, what surprises me is it took this long to realize that the Mac Pro was a misfire. I have no idea of the sales, but say Apple is selling 5 million Macs a quarter, 20% of those, which is what they say, 1 million are desktops. Of that 1 million, I suspect 900,000 and some odd are iMacs, maybe 50,000 are Mac Minis or 60,000, and 30,000, 40,000 are Mac Pros. What do you think? You know, they didn't take nearly this long to decide that the Power Mac G4 Cube, while it had an amazing design, thermally efficient, compact, uh, was also just not something they could scale up. And they seem to have taken a lot longer to decide that the Mac Pro and its, what I call its titanium trash can looks, you know, very stylish, but, you know, doesn't, they couldn't, you know, make that grow with faster processors. But now, the thing that bothers me is how could in? they miss this? How could they be so oblivious to the kind of people who bought a Mac Pro because of all the expandability? Yeah. And well, also, just how could they also not realize that, you know, people can see how long it's been since there was last an update to this line of Macs or that one. You can just go to the Mac Rumors Buyer's Guide, buyersguide.macrumors.com. And see, it's been, you know, 902 days or whatever it is. That's not a good look. It should also have been obvious that, you know, yes, I I know Apple likes to, you know, not just have meaningless little updates to products. They want each one to make a big difference so you can tell them apart. But while that company at the same time can and does update the iPhone and the iPad every year, almost every year in the case of the iPad, And while every other computer company also updates its hardware every year, what else did they expect this to look like? Oh, and at the same time, they're also doing this flying saucer campus, so they cannot claim it's a lack of money (laughs) that's holding back their, uh, you know, their computing progress. Yeah, but also Intel. Intel has been running a little later 
in releasing chips. Like, for example, there were complaints that the late 2016 MacBook Pro should have had a later generation of Intel core processors KB Lake, but the quad-core versions of those processors didn't ship till weeks after that computer yeah, came out. I don't out. even think it's that. Like, Partly. Normal people, they, they see KB Lake. First of all, they'll be like, Cabby Lake? How do you pronounce that? Um, and, and they're not really going to care. Where it gets to be a problem is that you have laptops that have that are two or three generations behind, or a desktop like the Mac Mini, which is now, well, you had, what, 900 and so days uh, since its last update. And so th- that is not, that cannot be driven by Intel's inability to get a particular CPU off the production line at a sufficient quantity. Right. And also, if Intel's late, it's three months late. It's six yeah. months. It's not two and a half years. Yes. So, yeah, that's something which. They could have answered, but I don't know if they were even asked by the group of journalists. You know, sometimes I want to hit those journalists on the head. Or are they afraid? You know, we are special because we came down to Cupertino. Our bosses would pay for the plane tickets and we get here five people out of all the journalists. A bunch of wouldn't have had to travel like uh, Ina Freed. She writes for Axios. Before that, she was with uh, Recode. Yeah, she was with CNET. I remember her at CNET. Yeah. Now, the point is here that, okay, so she and others live in the area they can drive down. The key here is, though, that it doesn't look as if anyone asked, hey, why so long to make this decision? It doesn't seem like anyone really pushed that. Or if they did, Apple kind of shut them down. The the TechCrunch post from... uh, uh, Matthew Panzerino, that seems to have gone into more detail. And it looks like, I don't have it in front of me, it looks like he was pressing on that. And Apple just wouldn't say, you know, when the light bulb went off over their head. And they said, yeah, yeah, <laughs> what we're selling, people are not buying. We need to explain what we're up to here. And, you know, it's it's time for the, the pilot in the front of the plane to flip the, the intercom switch and tell the passengers, you know, why they've been circling above the airport for an hour. Well, whatever. The point being here, okay, they made the announcement better late than never. They cut the price in the Mac Pro, so the top line consideration, yeah. the top line configuration is now below seven thousand dollars, where it used to be like nine and a half thousand dollars. So that's I guess a good point. Remember those Intel Xeon chips are kept in the lineup for years and they're expensive. So yes. I was suggesting as our readers at TechNightOwl.com know and listeners to the show, that Apple, when others were saying Apple's going to get out of the Mac Pro business, I was saying maybe they'll come up with something that has expandability, but just smaller than a cheese grater. I also suggested one thing Apple could do for Pro users is to beef up the parts in the iMac. And I came up with a configuration, by the way, not what others are saying. I was saying, well, there is an 8-core core processor. I don't know how good it is. Apple could offer two SSDs because they have the Fusion Drive, which is two drives already, so it's no big deal. Maybe they can find room for more RAM. And one site is saying, well, Apple can enter in there an entry-level Xeon processor and the error-correcting RAM up to 64 gigabytes and stuff like that. And I don't know that Apple would do that because Xeon is not that much faster than the core processor. So it doesn't make sense to spend the extra money on one unless you're building a workstation. 
I don't know, right. but we'll have more to come and get Rob Pegarero's viewpoint on this nonsense. In our next segment, I'm Gene Steinberg, your In the Tech Night Owl Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Do you know what's lurking in your water? More than 200 contaminants could be sitting there just waiting for your glass. With a ProPure water filter, start enjoying clean and great tasting water today. ProPure filters, independently tested, latest water filter technology. ProPure systems do not require electricity and are easy to set up and easy to use. To find out more, visit your authorized ProPure dealer or ProPureUSA.com. That's P-R-O-P-U-R-U-S-A.com. Lifetime Gray's 100% grass-fed beef has the health benefits you seek. When compared to conventional beef, it offers good fats while virtually eliminating the bad. That's the result of cattle who never eat grain, ever. Rich in antioxidants, including vitamin E, C, beta-carotene, and CLA. No artificial hormones, antibiotics, or other drugs. For all our fresh, non-cooked products with only 100% grass-fed beef, go to MidasResources.com. Use voucher code GCN to get 30% off your order. MidasResources.com or find us on Facebook. Being self-reliant is about being prepared and to do what you need to have your own source of renewable energy. Portable Solar LLC offers the most powerful EMP-hardened solar system on the market that is transportable from place to place. And the best part? It's very affordable. Contact them at PortableSolarLLC.com or call for details at 972-575-8875. SolArc EMP-hardened solar generator, energy insurance for your family or business. Call Portable Solar LLC today or go to PortableSolarLLC.com to check out their patent-pending technology. What would your life be like if you woke up each morning with new vitality, feeling better than you have in years, and you noticed a difference in your sleeping patterns, blood sugar levels, and had a sense of well-being overall? There's something that is changing thousands of people's lives, and you could be one of them. It's called Heart and Body Extract. Sharon Harris, co-creator of Heart and Body Extract, talks about the positive effects of Heart and Body Extract. What happens with the formula Heart and Body Extract is it's giving the body the necessary vitamins, minerals, amino acids, enzymes, and phytonutrients so, so the body will heal itself. And yes, the body does have the ability to balance blood pressure, balance cholesterol, clean and unclog the arteries. It can also work on uh, balancing the circulation for diabetics. So the body is an amazing thing. It simply needs some help so it has the tools to heal itself. Heart and Body Extract gets results. To order your two-month supply, call now, toll-free at 866-295-5305. Order online at hbextract.com. 
I'm Maria Braus, Director of Media and Community Relations with Public Supermarkets. Did you know that premature birth is the number one killer of babies in the United States? Or that survivors can face a lifetime of serious health problems? But you can help. Join me and Publix for the March for Babies Walk. We'll work together to raise funds for research and programs that help the March of Dimes fight premature birth and birth defects and improve the health of moms and babies. Start your team today at marchforbabies.org. You never know what's going to happen next while listening to the Tech Night Isle, live with Gene Steinberg. So with Rob Pegarero, happily satisfied having had his cucumber sandwich for lunch <laughs> with sourdough bread. Now, this is I actually bake my bre- my own bread every week. So this is just your basic, you know, uh, what is it? This particular batch, two and a half cups, unbleached flour, one cup whole wheat flour. I've, I can pretty much not do it in my sleep, but it's part of my work from home workflow. OK, so he makes his own bread. That's why he doesn't make a bagel, by the way. Because that's a big pain. Right. You got to boil it, then bake it, and all this other stuff. Okay. So get back to the viewpoint about Apple and the Mac Pro and the iMac in response to what I said. So, yeah. I mean, I looked at this, and it's an Apple problem in that they, they just can't seem to realize that you have to provide some kind of hint about where you're going. I don't need to see the product roadmap that says this is the CPU you're going to have next year or when you'll switch to this particular kind of storage technology. But to have a product not get updated for two years and to have no news about it and for the price not to get cut. And when you see Apple do that, I mean, that's what Apple did to the airport wireless router. They just never evolved. They never had a price cut. And then suddenly they vanished. So Apple is no one to blame but Apple for people thinking – does Apple just want me to get an iPad Pro? Is this where it's coming to? Okay, so the point being here is that it still is a horrible public relations situation for Apple because I wonder how many people out there said, the heck with them, let's just go to Windows. How many people gave right. up on Final Cut Pro 7 when Apple came up with Final Cut Pro 10 with fewer features and went to Avid or something else or Adobe Premiere. How many people left the Mac platform or just didn't buy because Apple yeah. is sitting back doing nothing or seems to be doing nothing? Yeah. I mean, right now I'm looking at the uh, MacBook Air on my desk to the right. That That is a line of computer that Apple has not updated. What is it now, like two years, three years? You know, a monoport MacBook, the 12-inch model? No. Absolutely not. I'm not taking a laptop to CES or, or Mobile World Congress or any other tech event where I have to choose between charging the laptop and charging my phone off of it. That's never going to work. The last MacBook Air was 2015. The 13-inch is still being sold. The last yes. MacBook with a single port came out last year in the spring. Yeah. So it's quite possible they could do an update anytime now. It's possible, but it's Apple. You never know. So I, I'm, I've been looking at a few different Windows laptops because, I mean, for one thing, I, I need to stay conversant in Windows 10 anyways. But, you know, Apple has decided that no one needs a convertible laptop with a touchscreen. Well, in fact, that could be kind of handy. There's lots of use cases where I don't need to have the keyboard. I'd rather fold it up all the way and just have a touchscreen device. 
Um, Apple has decided that unless you spend 1800 bucks, you do not need a laptop that has Touch ID. Well, Windows Hello is available on you know, $1,100, $1,200 laptops. And biometric login works. I mean, using that on my iPad Mini 4 has taught me that. So, yeah, it seems like Apple wants me to buy a Windows laptop. There's not much other, <laughs> not too many other ways to interpret, you know, not that they should be building their product line to cater to my personal whims. But, look, I got work to do here, and I cannot sit around forever waiting to see what is going to, what the folks in Cupertino are going to pull up from behind the curtain. I kind of think here Apple has planned to do some overhauling of the Mac lineup. And it may have been just, let's decide what we're going to do. Hmm. They didn't make that decision. Either they didn't have the right decision makers or they kind of got lost and the trying out different concepts didn't work. I'm not sure. But it sounds to me like they wouldn't just want to give up Max. It was a matter of something that caused them to lose their way in terms of coming up with the right decision. Maybe that was... Yeah. It. it sounds to me like maybe they stopped and started. They were developing a refresh for the Mac Pro, realized the limitations, looked at the market. They claimed to have talked to professional users, and maybe they did. And they got input. And just putting that all together, I don't know why there was indecision because you seem to think that's not Apple. Or it could be products were started in the development labs and they couldn't really focus on a final decision. And maybe finally they did. They realized they had to do something. Maybe also, this is speculated upon in one column, that Apple looked at some of the criticisms for the MacBook Pro with Touch Bar and realized they had to more tightly focus on the needs of the professional user. Not just saying that the Touch Bar is not professional, but maybe Apple thought then, you know what, this is not going right. Let's work this out. Well, I guess the upside is they're listening to customers. That would be nice. Yeah, that starts with something. But then the customers were telling them all along with the Mac Pro what they wanted, and Apple didn't listen. Because yeah, they're buying something are. with all this expandability, four hard drives, two processors, three or four expansion cards, and I don't know what kind of sales they had. And I would think yep. if they just took that and made a smaller, prettier version of it with you know, better thermal capabilities, handling more powerful hardware inside. That would have been it. This other stuff, I don't know what they were thinking. I want to go into Jonathan Ives' office, smack him on his head and say, huh? <laughs> hey. They'll say I'm yeah. preaching violence now, but I'm not. <laughs> It'd be a gentle, you know, like the TV show NCIS where Agent Gibbs smacks one of his probies on the head. That's what it's like. <laughs> Gentle, you know, paternal slap. I'm older than Jonathan Ive. Well, there goes this episode down the toilet. But. <laughs> All right. So anyway, we see they're kind of come yeah. up with a Mac Pro. I'm assuming it's going to be what you and I are talking about. Why make the iMac more professional? Does that mean it gives pros more options? I don't know. I mean, the iMac, the positioning of it, you know, I, I've I've had an iMac on my desktop since 2002, of various kinds. And the problem it's getting to is as the the screens get bigger and better, you know, the idea of having like a, a 5K monitor integrated with a computer that will be obsolete well before the monitor is, that 
it starts to bug me. And so then I think, what if Apple made you know a small desktop computer that had the stuff that's going to go obsolete, the processor and the memory and everything else, and you cut the other stuff? And they do. They just haven't done anything with that particular concept in was now three years for the Mac Mini, and that's a little distressing. So basically, the Mac Mini ought to be, and then this is something that Dan Frakes once at Macworld and I talked about a long yeah. time ago, the mythical mid-range Mac Mini tower at that time. But what I'm yeah. seeing now is if you use the HP Z2 as a comparison here, what about, what about therefore putting the guts of an iMac into a smaller headless computer? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, that would have more appeal to me just because, yeah, I mean, you know, if if the iMac is going to go in this more professional direction and if it's going to get more expensive, because nothing I do is that processor intensive, except for maybe, you know, ripping the occasional uh, DVD, which, of course, I, I have to use my external Samsung DVD burner since the one that came with my old iMac died a while back, and Apple doesn't sell any new models with built-in optical drives. So, yeah, I, I don't need a professional-grade desktop. You know, even if I'm editing, I might edit the occasional raw image, but that itself is still not, yeah. But, of course, I, I guess you could say I'm, I'm also just not making that much money for Apple because their computers generally do age well. And so I don't need to buy one all that often. And, um, you know, I've yet to put too much money into any of Apple services. I don't pay for extra storage in iCloud. And um, I don't subscribe to iTunes radio. You know, I, I buy a computer and use it. Crazy concept. Right. Now, today's iMac is capable up to four cores of actually exceeding the performance of the Mac Pro, which comes into its own with six cores, eight, uh, 12 cores, that kind right. of thing. But otherwise, it's a pretty powerful computer. Putting those guts into a somewhat larger, beefier version of the Mac Mini, and that's another thing being speculated upon, that would be interesting. It would take the Mac Mini up market, though I suppose you could still have a basic entry level model for like five ninety nine or four ninety nine, and then maybe for a thousand or two thousand dollars, it has much more powerful guts inside that match the iMac. But you don't need the display because there are people who don't want to have it pay for a new display every time they want a new computer, as as you and I would possibly agree. Right. We've got more to come with Rob Pegarero. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. 
And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blocket Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. At GCN Team, we should change the Healthy Body Brain and Heart Pack to the Healthy Libido Pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNTeam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. Welcome back to the Tech Night Out Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So, Rob, when Apple makes a point that some of the users of the Mac Mini are pros... Is that telling us, well, they're going to work on a version that can be configured in a way that pros will prefer? I have to kind of read it that way. You know, Apple does take media training seriously. I mean, any big company does. But there would be no reason for them to say something like that. Because they, they have to know they were going to get a question along those lines. And they have to have a, had a talking point that would be some sort of, I guess, dog whistle to the pro user base. Without, I don't know. I mean, I, I would say, you know, if you can announce that there's going to be a new iMac, you can certainly announce that there's going to be a new Mac Mini because that's, you know, the the second most neglected computer in Apple's entire lineup. So, yeah, I don't know. It, it's like uh, Kremlinology. This is called Appleology, and the fact they said anything yes. at all, but you think even a hint, saying yeah. they like the Mac Mini, that's saying they're not giving it up. And saying, again, the reference to pro users. Remember also, Mac minis are used in data centers. Now, not the most recent one because it didn't have quad-core processors. But the previous one, the 2013 version, I temporarily put all our sites on a Mac mini in a test run by a web host. And it ran as fast as it was running on the Xeon Blade server. Mm. I mean, obviously, the thermal limitations might not work so well with a busy site, but still, you know, Apple could still put beefier parts in there. I don't know. Let's kind of move on to other stuff here. So we talk about Comcast, the ISP we love to hate. And they're coming up with a wireless service now? Yes, they announced this Thursday morning, and it's interesting. What they're doing 
is not like a lot of other resold wireless services. What Comcast is doing, they, they have not put cell towers across the U.S. They're reselling Verizon's network, which itself is kind of unusual because Verizon has been pretty picky about who gets to resell their service. There's their own Verizon prepaid. There's TrackFone and its brands, and that's kind of about it. So Comcast is one other one. And the catch with this is, you know, do you subscribe to Comcast? Actually, I subscribe to nothing because I live in a place that with all the other things about it, and it's kind of like a home that snowbirds live in. And because they couldn't rent the place, they gave it to us at a discount. We were looking for something cheap. Because it's between two other homes, it's a kind of a condo, the electric bill is cheap. There's plenty of insulation. But we also get, quote, unquote, amenity internet, which is low-end broadband free, and Dish Network free. Oh, nice. So we end up paying here, and I've told this to our listeners, I pay here very little more than what we used to pay for a double-wide manufactured mm. home. So there. All right. And then so next. I asked that question. I do not subscribe to Comcast either. Neither of us can sign up for Xfinity Mobile when it goes on sale. Comcast is basically doing this not because they, they have some burning need to disrupt the wireless industry. This is a customer retention play. You know, they're, they're going to give their existing subscribers what can be a pretty good deal, but that will also be another way to sort of tie them to the Comcast mothership. And they're going to sell it on two ways. The, the one that most people have focused on is the unlimited deal, which is not unlimited and is not always that much of a deal. You can pay as little as 45 bucks, although that requires paying for a really expensive double or triple play bundle from Comcast for unlimited data, except what it really is, you have 20 gigs of you know, as fast of an LTE connection as Verizon can deliver. After that, you get, throw, you get slowed to 1.5 megabits per second, which used to seem pretty fast on a phone in, uh, you know, around 2008. But if you subscribe to a cheaper Comcast bundle, that's 65 bucks, which is only $5 less than what Verizon sells for unlimited with, that is not automatically slowed at 20 gigs. The other option, I think is going to be more useful to a lot of Comcast subscribers looking to save money, is a pay-by-the-gig deal where you pay $12 per gigabyte, or a fraction thereof. The interesting thing is, usually when you see pricing like that, there's also a line access charge. There isn't. So it is possible that if you almost never go online, or when you do use your phone as a computer on the internet outside of home, you're always on one of Comcast Wi-Fi hotspots. They have 16 million of these across the country. And they're going to give you 100 megs of cellular data for free. So what you could have is unlimited voice and text service on your Xfinity mobile phone for free. That's pretty good. And then you might only need, say, two gigs. That's 24 bucks. $24 on for a cell phone bill is pretty great. Uh, even if you used five gigs, if you weren't in that super elevated uh, realm of Comcast double and triple play bundles, you'd have to pay 65 bucks for unlimited. Five gigs at 12 gigs a pop is 60 bucks. Five gigs is more than most people ever use, and so you're still saving money. So I hope people will do the math. Comcast says there's going to be an app on these phones that will tell you which plan you should actually be on. So those are the selling points for Xfinity Mobile. The The downside is Comcast is not exactly everyone's favorite company. And I've, I've seen this in comments on, on the piece I just did for USA Today. And, you know, I, I'm not sure how receptive their, their audience will be to that. Well, that is definitely an issue. That is definitely an issue right there. 
And another issue, which it's funny how many of these details they did not spell out in their, you know, they're about the service page, their press release, even this conference call they did for the press Thursday morning. Uh, Your selection of phones is also going to be really, really limited. At the start, it'll be the iPhone, the iPhone SE, um, 6S, 6S Plus, 7, 7 Plus, uh, Samsung's Galaxy S7, S7 Edge, S8, and S8 Plus, and some LG phone. Not the G6 that just shipped, but some phone called the X Power that I honestly don't know. (laughs) I'm not familiar with that one. Uh, You will not be able to bring your own device, not right away. So... It's gotten a lot of attention, but most people in America can't use it at all because they don't have Comcast Internet. Uh, many of those who are in a position to sign up may not want to, either because they already they just bought a phone and they won't be able to bring it to the service or, you know, it's something else. What can I say? Yeah. So basically, it's a very, very limited kind of service. Is that worth it? Why not offer it to everybody? I don't know. You know, that doesn't bother me so much. What I would like to see Comcast do, you know, they have an online-only video service called Stream, which right now they only sell to Comcast Internet subscribers. Well, we know it is possible to get, you know, the licensing done to offer an online video service to anyone in America because AT&T is doing that, DirecTV Now. They've got what's called an over-the-top, an OTT video service because it goes on top of your broadband service, and they're actually competing with other wired TV providers. Uh, nothing is stopping Comcast from doing that, and that would be a great way to sort of, you know, if the cable industry doesn't want to look like an oligopoly, then cable companies should compete against each other by offering service online, which they're not doing. Yeah, I mean, as to why Comcast doesn't do it, I'm not sure. Could be, you know, who knows what kinds of licensing deals they've worked out with Verizon. As I said, Verizon is pretty picky about who gets to resell their service. And in this case, you know, it's you – know, I don't think Verizon is too worried about losing people to Comcast because it is going to be such a subset of people who uh, get their wireless service today. So is it even worth it? You wonder. It's not the profit center. It's a way to tie people into the Comcast bundle. Yeah, they've said it's not, you know, they, they do plan to make a profit off of it, but they're designing it as uh, a way to slow customer churn, to increase customer retention. And yeah, people do that all the time. I, I'd rather Comcast do that than make it be as annoying as possible when you call to cancel your service. Well, you know what? There's so many reasons to cancel the service. You know, we can just right. count the ways. Why should we cancel Comcast. Well, the part of the problem is with a place like Comcast, it may be the only ISP you could get, and therefore you're yep. stuck. We've got more to come with Rob Picarero, who writes for Yahoo and USA Today and anybody who will pay him a check, he told me. <laughs> Not really. He's a good guy. More to come on the Tech Night Out Live. Neighbors, I want to tell you about my favorite graphics app. It's the award-winning Graphic Converter. You know, Graphic Converter is the universal genius for photo editing on your Mac. Join over one and a half million loyal users for this Swiss Army Knife photo editing app. It gives you all you expect from a top-flight image editing app with tons of features and, most important, 
It's easy to use. It's also far less expensive than that other app that you can only get by subscription. You know, the one I'm talking about. What's more, you can get 20% off with your order right now. So write this down to learn about Graphic Converter. Go to www.lemkesoft.de slash gene. Let me spell that. www.lemkesoft.de slash gene. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years in serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light System today complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231 and the Berkey guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey light, the Berkey guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey guy at 1-877-886-3653. That's 1-877-886-3653. Or order online at goberkey.com. That's goberkey.com today. Cancer categorizes over 100 diseases. Though we do not diagnose, treat, or cure cancer, GCN team is offering the Clemson University study where there was up to a 95% reduction in cancerous cells when exposed to a plant-derived mineral supplement. If you or a loved one are searching for answers to this horrifying disease, come to GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. We'll email you a copy for free. That's 877-878-4203. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. Deep prepared for the next disaster with the shelter pod the shelter pod is a large all-season heavy-duty quick deploy shelter the shelter pod system can be set up in 30 seconds and includes an emergency medical kit water filter survival tools and more are you prepared to take care of your family do you have everything in one place ready to go get it now or enter to win a complete shelter pod system at shelterpod.com the shelter pod at shelterpod.com shelter when you need it most We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. 
If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow Night Owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. So we have my friend Rob Pegarero, and he's a longtime tech journalist. He used to work for the Washington Post, by the way, but I think he's happier to be away from the center of the action so he could work at home, make his own bread. I'd love to yep. try your bread if I'm ever in your area. And maybe I'll even try a cucumber and cream cheese sandwich. So there. Right you on. Know, I'll try anything once, they said. But let's not go into that. We've got a lot more fun things to talk about here. So we have this wireless service from Comcast to Comcast subscribers. You think it's going to go anywhere or just another service? Well, I mean, the fact it's already gotten so much attention. Here we are talking about it right now. You know, we will have to see. You know, Comcast, they, they can market it directly to their customers already. Uh, they, they are opening all these stores. They just opened one in my neighborhood I need to stop by at some point where, you know, they're, they're trying to not make. The typical retail presence for a cable company, remember, is some dusty office where you only go to return your cable box and your remote when you cancel service or if yours is acting up. Uh, and they want this to be more of like a nice little showroom where you can see their their X1 cable box interface, which is actually pretty good. You know, it's not like the usual low resolution garbage where you can see the program grid only shows the next five channels and the pictures in standard definition when you're previewing each channel. We'll see how how they show that off. You know, I'll, actually, I'll, I'll try to stop by this one near me this weekend to see if they're starting any advanced publicity for Xfinity Mobile. Well, certainly I'm interested in seeing how that works out. And you'll tell me more. But you're not going to sign up with Comcast. Who is your ISP? Uh, Verizon. I have a Verizon Fios connection, which I've now had for like seven years. Uh, basically, once they came to our neighborhood, and it was definitely time to upgrade from DSL at that point. What kind of speed? 25-25. Still on the, still on the, it used to be, when we signed up, it was 15-15. 15, 15, 15 megs up, 15 megs down, and they upgraded us to 25-25. And yeah, that, that seems fine. You know, the, what's holding up my connection is not the raw bandwidth. It's more like, is this site or that one having issues? And to a certain extent, I don't want a connection that is so much faster than everyone else's. Otherwise, I'll get the wrong sense of how responsive the Internet actually is. And the thing is, you're at the minimum, I guess, to get 4K video from Netflix. Right. Except I don't have a single 4K monitor at home, so I don't actually care about that at all. But if you did... Yeah. I think that's enough. Problem, 25. Problem, I mean, I highly doubt I will have a screen. I mean, I might have a, a tablet or a laptop with a 4K display on it. But for actually watching video, I'm going to do that at any length. It'll be done on the big screen in the living room. And I cannot physically fit one into my living room big enough where I would see the extra pixels of 4K. I definitely notice HDR, the expanded color range and brightness range. But yeah, 4K as a resolution standard really means nothing to me in practice. You know, when you look at other levels of picture quality you get with it, it could be of interest. But as of now, it is not driving any gadget purchase decisions of my own. If your TV set died tomorrow, that'd be different. Right. If it died tomorrow, I'd say, you know what? We got eight good years out of this long since paid for with money saved by cutting the cord and probably not buy a 4K set. I mean, now I could just buy a merely 1080p LED backlit LCD for what, a couple hundred bucks at Costco. So 
There are many of the things in the house I worry about breaking that I worry will break down before the TV, like, say, the ancient air conditioner out back. So least of my concerns. I was just looking at the prices here for 1080 TV, 1080p TV at, they say member only prices, is Sam's Club. And I'm seeing 43 inch, 269, uh, 65 <laughs> inch, 778, 55 inch, 428. But you know what? A 4K sets may be 50 or or $100 more. Yeah, the price gap is shrinking. Well, here, for example, 48 inch Vizio. 4K, 388. There you go. Mm. All right. That is getting 49 inch LG, 498. Yeah. You can get a 4K set for $400 right now. Hmm. I don't know what size sets you prefer to buy. Yeah, really anything over 50 inches will be very tough to squeeze into the living room. Okay, 55 inches is 498. And Vizio, by the way, we always recommend Vizio. They make good stuff, except when they're watching you. And I wanted to get into that here. Mm-hmm. Okay, because Vizio got hit hard for that. We have a situation here where, for no earthly reason that I can think, and maybe you have a reason, Congress passes a bill ending this privacy about, I guess it never really came into effect. It was going to go into effect but never went into effect because Obama's no longer president. Ending privacy for ISPs, privacy protections. But what was that supposed to do? Just keep them from tracking you without your permission? What? So the idea here is the Federal Communications Commission had written rules, drawn them up, and they were scheduled to go into effect that would say that your internet provider they cannot collect your browsing data and, and use that for marketing purposes, sell that to third parties without your permission, which seems like a pretty basic thing, not you know the, the heavy hand of the regulatory state. And ISPs said on one hand, well, we'd never do that, and B, these regulations are intolerable. And with amazing speed, first the, the Trump-appointed head of the FCC, Ajit Pai, said, we're, we're going to pause some of these rules right away because we can – then Congress, with breathtaking speed, passed a law rolling back the entire set of privacy rules because they'd been voted on by the FCC too close to the end of the Obama administration. And so it's not quite true that you have you had protection before and you have none now because the full set of rules had not gone into effect. Uh, and it's also true that right now no major ISP is doing what these rules are supposed to ban – and three of them, Verizon, Comcast, and AT&T, have all said, we will not collect and sell your browsing data. But everyone I know hates this. I do not know what the Republicans, what the populist appeal here is that makes the Republicans think this is such a priority. And as someone who's been following Congress and their all of tech policy for a couple decades now, it's irritating to see that they would rush to do this. And really basic stuff, like reforming a horribly out-of-date law governing the privacy of stored email, they can't be bothered. Uh, instead, that you know, if I would put it this way, if you do not want to look like you were doing the bidding of your corporate paymasters, this should not have been Congress's job one. There's lots of other stuff they should fix first. But also the thing that I worry about here, they talk so much about freedom. We want individual freedom. We want marketplace solutions. But wait, we're going to pass a whole bunch of things that control the marketplace or control a woman. We don't want to get into that. 
the thing is here, it seems like they work against themselves or they create issues that should not exist. And here's one right here. Why is there a big deal over preventing an ISP from selling your data? If they're not making enough money, they have the right to raise the price or provide other in most services. Cases, and again, we were talking about competition in ISPs before. Sure. And let's get into that in our next segment. Yep. We're talking to Rob Pegorero. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night How Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Be prepared for the next disaster with the Shelter Pod. The Shelter Pod is a large, all-season, heavy-duty, quick-deploy shelter. The Shelter Pod system can be set up in 30 seconds and includes an emergency medical kit, water filter, survival tools, and more. Are you prepared to take care of your family? Do you have everything in one place ready to go? Get it now or enter to win a complete Shelter Pod system at ShelterPod.com. The Shelter Pod at ShelterPod.com. Shelter when you need it most. It's called the Deep State. Barack Obama's most loyal aides still hold office, and they want to stop President Trump. Deep State was first revealed in the runaway New York Times bestseller, Big Agenda. David Horowitz's Big Agenda exposes Obama's government in exile and his shocking plan. Newsmax, Lou Dobbs, and Coulter all say you must read Big Agenda at bookstores everywhere or check out our free offer. Call 800-NEWSMAX, 800-NEWSMAX, or go to BigAgenda411.com. That's BigAgenda411.com. Hey, diabetics. Yeah, you. Got a spare hour to waste going to the pharmacy to get your insulin or other meds and supplies every month? I didn't think so. Me either. I've got life going on, which is why I use PillPack. PillPack is an amazing online pharmacy. They package up all my diabetic meds and testing supplies into daily doses and send it to me every month automatically. All I do is pay my normal copay. PillPack does the rest. I'm serious. This is a free service. They don't even charge for shipping. PillPack handles all the medical insurance stuff and even get what my doctors for my other prescriptions so I don't have to, which is good because that's the stuff I forget. But PillPack remembers everything. They even package up my daily vitamins so I remember to take them too. If you're diabetic, your meds and supplies are life and death, which means you need PillPack. Call right now for this free service. You may even qualify for $25 in free vitamins. 800-560-7310. That's 800-560-7310. Again, 800-560-7310. Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, the Mineral Doctor. You've heard me talk about 90 for Life for years. 60 minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, 2 fatty acids. You may not know this, that I've actually designed Arthur decks for animals. That's right. Your pets need 90 for Life, too. Get this essential pet product by calling 877-279-9422. That's 877-279-9422. Again, 877-279-9422. Are you one of the 70% of Americans that want to own your own business, afraid to leave the security of your current job to pursue your dreams? I'm Pharmacist Keith. Dr. Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy, and myself want to show you a low-cost way to create your own business, working around your current job schedule, creating an extra income for you and your family by joining his crusade, spreading his message of better health. To learn more, visit radio.recordedvideo.com, radio.recordedvideo.com. That's radio.recordedvideo.com. Today. How to incorporate your business in just 10 minutes so you won't lose everything if you get sued. Step 1. Stop putting it off. 
If you're not incorporated and someone sues your business tomorrow, it's not just your business at risk. You can lose everything, your home, your car, even your life savings. Step two, call the following number for a free 10-minute incorporation guide from incorporate.com. 1-800-945-1063. They don't provide legal or financial advice. They just make incorporating quick and easy. So you can incorporate or form an LLC in just 10 minutes. That number again is 1-800-945-1063. Step three, congratulate yourself. By taking just 10 minutes to incorporate your business or form an LLC, you protected your home, your car, and your life savings. And that is how you incorporate your business in just 10 minutes. But hurry while they're still giving away these 10-minute incorporation guides for free. Call 1-800-945-1063. That's 1-800-945-1063. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. The issue on the table here, you know, this law in a sense allowing the ISPs to invade your privacy, I guess, eliminating protections over Internet privacy. As we pointed out here, if an ISP really needs that money, they could raise your price because we have the other problem. As you observe, there probably isn't any competition. Now, I live in a place where I get amenity Internet because it's kind of a vacation development, and I get a cheap vacation development, and free Dish Network. But in exchange for that freedom, I can't call Cox or CenturyLink, the local internet providers, and set up service. I'm locked into whatever Access Media 3, which is a company that manages these development or apartment-level internet and cable services provides. I can't get that. If I decide I want DirecTV... I even tried to see if I can install DirecTV, and the Homeowners Association here sets up such rigid standards that you can't do it. There's no way for them to hook up anything. So I'm locked into it. I can't get what I want. I can't get faster internet. If I want to pay tomorrow, I got $200 a month burning a hole in my pocket, which I don't. But if I had $200 a month burning a hole in my pocket, I want Cox to come here and give me their 10 gigabit Business service, because they offer 10 gigs. Business service. Can't do it. Unless, mm. you know, even if they allowed me, I'd have to pay for Cox to open up the ground, bury their wires, and hand them $100,000 to fix it up so it looks normal. What kind of options do you have? So I'm lucky. I have two different companies that will sell me a connection of at least 25 megs down, Comcast and Verizon. Uh, most Americans do not have that. Uh, the stats the FCC came out with, these are from the end of 2015, the most recent available. Something like 24%, only 24% of census blocks have at least two companies selling 25 meg connections. Of the rest, something like half all Americans only have one company selling a connection at that speed. And maybe like 20% don't have anyone selling connections at that speed. 
So the wired residential broadband market is not a market in the sense that you cannot fire the company you're dealing with and take your business elsewhere unless you want to suffer a really slow connection speed. It is not like the wireless market where you do have four companies beating each other up across America. And as we've seen with this rush to have unmetered data plans that are really generous, a lot more so than before, competition is working. We do not have competition in most uh, local broadband markets. And as you say, where you do have competition, it's like a telco with DSL and maybe a cable company, in which case you have mediocre internet service or something fairly decent. Yeah. That's not competition. That's not two equal places. You assume that Verizon and AT&T are equal, roughly speaking, up or down a couple of points, roughly equal wireless services. That T-Mobile is close but doesn't really hit the rural areas and Sprint is coming up the rear. Whatever it is, I have four services that can probably get me good wireless coverage where I live, which is outside the city of Phoenix, Arizona. And therefore, they compete with one another for all sorts of plans. And the cost of my wireless service is less now than it was a couple of years ago for more services. But with ISPs, even when I lived in the place where I had a competitive situation, it was mediocre and good. Mm. Either take a chance of the cheapest service just to get something or anything or pay a reasonable amount more to get something good. I didn't have two companies. And part of it, of course, is with wireless service, you're not locked into a specific area, you know. With wireless coverage, if as long as they have the cell towers, it doesn't matter. As long as they have coverage, you're not locked into an area where they have to wire your place. And unlike Europe, it's not like one company can wire an entire city and then the services are sold by different companies. Here it's... But it wasn't true that one time, I don't know if you can still do it, that another company could basically lease, you do it with wireless services now, lease internet services. So this is something I've written about, not not lately, but once or twice. Uh, it is really weird how in the wireless industry, it's totally normal, even Verizon, companies will sell their networks wholesale to other companies that will then go after other markets. Maybe it's people with bad credit, people who call other countries a lot. Uh, some markets that the wireless carrier cannot really target that effectively themselves. But in the wired broadband industry, no such thing happens. There, There's no concept of resold broadband there, even though, you know, lots of people might they might live in a Comcast market, but they, they don't want to pay for TV and the standalone pricing of Comcast Internet is not that great. Just not happening. And so, yeah, where you don't have effective competition competition is not going to keep the companies honest on their own. So we were going to have regulation. Now we're not. And we're sort of stuck with, can we publicly shame companies that do these things that, you know, to be fair, they've said they're not going to do. We're going to find out. The thing that also bothers me is the hypocrisy here, because you say, okay, when you have fewer regulations, it fosters competition, but there's no competition. It fosters what? Is Google now going to come to Phoenix and dig fiber? Is AT&T going to come to Phoenix and dig fiber? No. Maybe maybe Google will, but I think they're going wireless now too. Aren't they looking for wireless options because it's too expensive to dig fiber well, everywhere? You know, 
I get it. If they can make that work, that's great. The problem is, I mean, Verizon has been saying for years, the future for us is not building out fiber optic connections. It's 5G wireless. Well, 5G wireless, that's like two years out. So that's not going to solve anybody's problem anytime soon. But and- does 5G wireless provide a real alternative? Because the problem here is with a normal ISP, you get a pretty large bandwidth allotment. You're talking about several hundred gigabytes. Cox, I think, is a terabyte for their higher end services. That well, changes. Verizon, there's no there's no data cap. Okay. But like now 5G. here's the thing. All right. So with 5G is AT&T saying we have 5G we can give you, you know, gigabit internet anywhere. What's the bandwidth cap? Can they give me unlimited bandwidth? That's the whole thing. Like 5G will not work for anyone as wired broadband if it doesn't have at least a really high data cap. Comcast has a terabyte in some markets. They say it's not a cap, it's the threshold over which you pay more. To me, that is a cap. Um, Verizon Fios, I do not have a bandwidth limit. I know Verizon tracks how so much bandwidth they use because I can see it when I log into my into the My Verizon page to see my bill. Yeah, you know, right now that's one thing I have to emphasize every time I write about these unlimited wireless data plans from Verizon, Sprint, T-Mobile, AT&T, and now Comcast. You know, there, there always is some cap, and especially when it comes to sharing your phone's bandwidth with your laptop or tablet when you put it into mobile hotspot mode. I think it's a 10 gig cap at all of them, which is enough. That's a lot of tethering you can do, as, to use the technical term. That's going to help you deal with a lot of inadequate bandwidth in like hotels or other places when you're traveling. It's not enough to replace your home connection. I should note, we were talking about Comcast before. One interesting wrinkle with Xfinity Mobile is. There is no cap on how much you can tether off your phone, just that 20 gig cap, but they can afford to lift that cap because the requirement that you have Xfinity as your ISP makes it impossible to use Xfinity Mobile to replace Xfinity Internet. So they're in a situation that most wireless carriers are not in. Okay. But what if you're outside of the Comcast area? Well, then, you know, you've got all this bandwidth. Granted, Instead of 10 gigs, it's 20 gigs, because after 20 gigs, you're, you're slowed down to 1.5 megs. And you can tether off that, but it's pretty painful. You're not going to get much work done on it. In, in most places, you will be better off using whatever Wi-Fi is available near you. we got more to come with Rob Piguero. Writes for Yahoo Tech and USA Today and Wirecutter, even. Yes. More to come on the Tech Night Out Live. listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. 
This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Lifetime Gray's 100% grass-fed beef has the health benefits you seek. When compared to conventional beef, it offers good fats while virtually eliminating the bad. That's the result of cattle who never eat grain, ever. Rich in antioxidants, including vitamin E, C, beta-carotene, and CLA. No artificial hormones, antibiotics, or other drugs. For all our fresh, non-cooked products with only 100% grass-fed beef, go to MidasResources.com. Use voucher code GCN to get 30% off your order. MidasResources.com or find us on Facebook. Be prepared for the next disaster with the Shelter Pod. The Shelter Pod is a large, all-season, heavy-duty, quick-deploy shelter. The Shelter Pod system can be set up in 30 seconds and includes an emergency medical kit, water filter, survival tools, and more. Are you prepared to take care of your family? Do you have everything in one place ready to go? Get it now or enter to win a complete Shelter Pod system at ShelterPod.com. The Shelter Pod at ShelterPod.com. Shelter when you need it most. The answer to being in control of your own health care is freedom from insurance. Become part of a group of self-pay patients that come together to share in each other's medical expenses. Individual share amounts begin at $107 a month and $347 for families. Choose from three health sharing programs. Holistic treatments may be eligible for sharing. See guidelines. Discount programs available for dental, vision, and pharmacy. Go to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you could move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster, and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed. It's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. I guess, Rob, we're getting into wire cutter territory here because we're getting into wireless services and such like that. But is there ever going to be a point here, two, three years hence, we have the 5G service, we have incredible speeds, 
where the bandwidth cap, which is now a profit center, I assume, for the mobile phone companies, does that ever go away? Or is it because they're going to have to build out so much capacity, they still have to charge for it? Yeah, you know, free and... (laughs) Oh, if only we didn't have to pay for internet access. Yeah, there are some places where, I mean, a lot of shops, restaurants, bars give away free Wi-Fi. Venues like malls, even on some airplanes, Amtrak, although the Wi-Fi is sometimes worth what you pay for it. If it's in a a cell express to New York full of business people typing away in their laptops. So cost of internet access is just what it costs to be a digital citizen these days. Something has to change, but the current climate will not allow it. Let's talk about net neutrality. So supposedly this is a needless regulation, except it prevents an ISP from throttling Netflix, which is affecting your freedom, but it's weighing the company's freedom against the individual's freedom. And of course, corporations are people. So, Mm -hmm. all right. So net neutrality, we assume, is vanishing soon. Well, yeah, it's funny how this whole discussion has gotten positioned because no one has said we want to go back to the days when AT&T could block FaceTime over 3G on your iPhone just because the answer was because its network was not up to the task and was unworthy of the iPhone overall. They've all said, you know, we want an open internet and we don't want sites to be slowed or blocked or slowed. But then everyone keeps saying the current way we do this is unacceptable, even though the legal underpinnings for the current net neutrality rules saying internet providers are common carriers and will be put under the same regulatory framework. That's the only way that stood up in court of writing net neutrality rules. We're in this position because the FCC tried. It tried the other way, and they kept losing in court, in part because big telecom sued every single time. If, if companies like Verizon and Comcast would like the net neutrality debate to go away, they should have taken yes for an answer and told, given their lawyers something else to do. Instead, they kept challenging increasingly weaker uh, net neutrality rules out of the FCC that did not put ISPs into this common carrier bucket. It's called Title II after that part of the Telecommunications Act of 1934, the law that put the FCC in business in the first place. So the, the way uh, tech policy type in D.C. who supports net neutrality put it to me is there's a lot of Republicans who say they're, they're all for net neutrality except for the pesky laws that make it possible in the first place. So, you know, again, we're, we're moving into a situation where if we don't have rules under the current basis, we may not be able to have any. And then it's going to be up to can we shame companies that decide they want to charge a site for faster delivery of their bits or maybe make their service just inconvenient enough to use that people don't like it. And, you know, I, I think that's a case we can win in the court of public opinion. It's not a viable move any sane company should want to do because when it's been tried before, you know, Verizon made Netflix unwatchable on my fi connection with more than enough bandwidth. You know, they got clobbered in terms of PR. Not that I could do much about it as a customer. So it's it's a situation that requires a lot of vigilance on the part of customers and uh, tech policy types like me. So how long before all this goes back to the lousy way it was before? Depends. So with the privacy rules, Congress would just vote to zero them out. There's this bill called the Congressional Review Act. This law says if if a regulation is passed in the last like 60, 90 days of an administration, Congress can say, nope, never mind that this never happened. 
and it's done. But net neutrality, open internet regulations, they're, they're on the books. They're standing policy. To reverse that, the FCC has to go through the whole rulemaking process, and that is not quick. They can stop enforcing the current regulations immediately. Nothing's stopping them from doing that. But if they want to undo this Title II move to say that, okay, internet providers, we're going we're gonna to say you're not common carriers anymore, you can't do that right away. I mean, it took a year to put them into the common carrier bucket. I expect it to be at least as long, and big telecom companies aren't the only ones with lawyers. Now, a lot of other sites, public interest groups, they could sue saying, look, our interests are affected here. Under the Telecom Act, you have to take us into account as well. And you think how many people from Congress will now have people crowding their town halls saying, how dare you hurt my Netflix? How yeah, dare you whole- take away my Netflix 4K? I want to watch House of Cards. The whole idea that net neutrality is something that people don't like, this is just insider Washington walk talk, is silly. Net neutrality is actually really popular. Put it another way, a lot of people really don't like their internet provider and their TV company. Politically speaking, I don't think it's a good look for the Republican Party to line up with Comcast and Verizon. This is not where you look like you're defending the American entrepreneur. <laughs> this is defending the not even the Fortune 500, the Fortune 10, <laughs> the Fortune 50. Yeah, I think it'll be some, some interesting town halls along with people asking questions about the state of health care and all these other things. Let's just make it open for the free market to rip you off without any controls. Rugged individualism. That's right. That's how it goes. All right. Well, we're not going to get into political philosophies. I think we were more concerned there about the impact of, you know, net neutrality and how things might change as a result of what might happen, or maybe it won't happen. You know, maybe no one cares about it and nobody will make a big deal. Everybody's used to the way things are now. Fast thing here, we have about 40 seconds left here. You were telling me before about the ease with which you can watch baseball online. Tell me more. Amazing. The tech industry did something right. A lot of regional sports networks, different baseball franchises sign up for to have their games carried. You can now get on Sling TV on DirecTV Now, on PlayStation View. So that includes where you're at, the Arizona Diamondbacks, the Cubs, the Giants, the Yankees, most teams, not mine, the Washington Nationals. They have yet to get the Mid-Atlantic Sports Network and any of these over-the-top video services. The Los Angeles Dodgers also still seem to think it is not, in fact, 2017. A lot of baseball fans have these choices. I hope I will in the meantime. Until my team's sports network takes the hint, I... I guess I'll have to continue researching how using a virtual private network lets you get around regional blackouts on uh, MLB.tv. If I still watch baseball, I think I care about that. Rob Pegorero, please tell our listeners where we can find more of the stuff you do. You can find me on the web at robpegorero.com. That's R-O-B-P-E-G-O-R-A-R-O.com. I'm also on Twitter as at Rob Pegorero. And weirdly enough, that's the same handle reaches me on Facebook. Well, of course, that made it real simple. You can find us on Twitter if you look for Tech Night Owl. We try to make it simple, too. But don't get me started on that. You can also find Gene Steinberg on Facebook. If you're not sure he's the guy, look for the person who wears that red plaid shirt. More than likely, he's me. Because I still have that same red plaid shirt for 375 years. We also have a second radio show about UFOs and things that go bump in the night at the Paracast at Paracast.com. And our guest this week is Paul Eno. 
And by the way, he's distantly related to the other Eno, the guy in the music business. He hosts a radio show called Behind the Paranormal, Everything You Know is Wrong. And he's going to talk about that in a book by the same title. That's Paul Eno on the Paracast at Paracast.com. What is right is the best way for you to support the Tech Night Owl Live. How do you do that? You become a member of Tech Night Owl Plus. What do we offer for Tech Night Owl Plus? Well, in exchange for paying a modest fee every week or month or year or etc., we give you the commercial-free version of this show, free of the network ads, and better quality audio. So Rob Pegarero sounds even more perfect than he does now. He yeah, likes impossible. that. Is that impossible? Right. It only sounds worse. You can check it out at plus.technightowl.com. That's P. L-U-S.TechNightOwl.com. We have simple sign-up instructions there. You can set yourself up and be getting the special version of the show for a modest fee, cheaper than Starbucks. Rob Pegarero, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks for having me. The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bad time, same bad channel.